Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. find the following disturbing discretion is advised put the children to bed it's time for dan and aldo to bear their souls i love the chicago bears more than i do masturbating and that is a lot Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something-yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is... If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan... Tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. Chicago Bears, but they break my heart every day. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of my worst opening songs. We need to bring Draft Back to Phil just to do a theme song for us. What do you think, Dan? <laughs> hey, I, I always like Phil, you know. So <laughs> I just didn't want I didn't want to embarrass myself for him. He wanted me to sing Old Dirty Bastard, remember? And I refused. That's right. Why Why did you refuse to sing Old Dirty Bastard on the old 100 Proof show? Because I knew the whole point of it was to mock me. I mean, and I love I liked Phil significantly. Liked Phil, even if he doesn't like me, or I think he does. But uh, yeah, and I, I have so much respect for he and his dad and his uncle. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I liked Phil a lot. Got a beautiful family, uh, and overall, a, a nice fella. Just don't cross him. He gets really pissed off at you. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> you crossed him, right? Is that what it was? <laughs> uh, no, he and I never really had any heat, except uh, he was mad at me for being mad at Shane at the time, which, again, I did carry that out. And, and Shane and I are good, and I've apologized for my part in that and have no animosity toward him at all. 
Yeah, so, and hopefully, uh, and I especially wish his son well. Exactly, yeah. just what I was going to say. And I guess he's got a new baby daughter as well. So hopefully, the fa- all the family is doing well. How are you doing? You drove to Pittsburgh, and at halftime, you texted me and says, "I drove all the way over here for this nightmare." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, early on, it's just I was telling my friend. You know, again, we grew up together. Uh, his name is Sylvester Barner. And we grew up together, and he lives in Morgantown now, which is about 45 minutes away from Pittsburgh, so I could stay with him after the game nice. uh, and drive home today. But I was telling him in the stands, I was like, uh, you know, you and I talked about it, how the Bears don't really do any warm-ups before the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't, I can't be for sure that that's – I can't equate that to their slow starts. But from just a guy standing, standing in the crowd, it looks like the two – maybe I'm connecting dots that aren't there. But last night they did a little bit more. But still, I can't fathom why is it that with this coach, they come out flat in nearly every first half. Yep, and and you it can't, confounds my mind. And you can't attribute it to the rookie quarterback because this has happened in past years too. They come out of the tunnel, and for the most part, they have slow starts. I I don't recall the exact statistic, but last year, first quarter, they were, were among the lowest scoring teams in the first quarter. And, you know, this has been said for hundreds of years of NFL coverage that you win the first quarter, the defense can then pin their ears back, they can do certain things and so forth. It's important to get off to a quick lead, particularly in today's NFL where so many teams are passing and you want that pass rush to to get there. And so they're telegraphing, they're going to throw every time. So it is – it is a concern that this team gets out to slow starts. So tell me about your experience in the second half when the team shoots out and they start showing a chance to win this game. Yeah, it just the like my body language was 100% different because I was sitting or standing like at the edge. Like you were all I could look over to my left will see one of those rivers or lakes, whatever the hell it is. I think it's a river outside the stadium. That's right. It, it's a big body of water, mm-hmm. and the wind's coming off of that, and it's cold a little bit. You know, I mean, not like too cold, but but I didn't even want to look to my left. I, early on, I was sitting, and I wanted to stand, but I was like, I was so high up that I was afraid of the height. Right. It, it was like, you know, it made me dizzy looking over there, but I got so sucked into the game, I didn't, I didn't give a shit about the height thing anymore and stood the whole second half and was – like I said, at my little row, because there's only like 10 seats in that row, they were all Bears fans. I've actually got video of from of your seat. So go ahead and continue to tell a story. I'll hold this up for the camera. A couple of things about Pittsburgh that was I thought was weird. For one, before the game was over, they started letting off fireworks. And then, of course, I ran my fucking mouth when uh, – when we scored at the end with Mooney, I was like, they, they let off their fucking fireworks too soon, didn't they? And, of course, <laughs> I'm the one running my mouth, and I ran off my mouth too soon. But uh, secondly, their PA announcer is egregiously bad. Like, for example, I know everyone wants to placate their audience. Mm-hmm. Like, if Big Ben is sacked, he said, like, Roethlisberger tackled behind the line, never called it a sack, never acknowledges who has the sack. When That's the weird. Bears score... He's not going to be like, you know, even in a monotone, Justin Fields to Jimmy Graham, touchdown. He just says, touchdown, Chicago. And that's it. He doesn't even say, like when uh, Houston Carson scored, 
from my vantage point, I couldn't tell who scored for the Bears. It was in the opposite end zone. Mm-hmm. And their their board, their video board sucks there. And uh, I couldn't see who scored. I didn't know who scored until after I got out of the stadium because that fuckhead didn't say it. Mm. So, yeah, th- those experiences with Pittsburgh I didn't like. But the people were cooler to me. I'll give you that. No one re- re- referred to Sylvester and I as gay. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, you'll you'll like this. We were going down the escalators at the end, and the guy, uh, the Steeler fans that were around us, two of them specifically, he's like, "Man, we got away with one tonight." He's like, "I, I, and again, not making this up. This is a kid that was probably 20, 22, 23. He goes, "I honestly like the Bears. All right, I think their chances are going to be good once you get rid of that coach." Look at that, uh, and that is a kind of a national opinion when it comes to Matt Nagy. The national media talks about it. Other fans uh, on the Buffon Fifty Five, he has bloggers and podcasters on, and they all say the same thing. It's the coach. They and you obviously didn't see uh, the national broadcast. Did you see it at home when you got home? Or you, you no, I have. I made sure I had it. Made sure there was no shenanigans like the power going out or mm-hmm. something. It was uh, on my TiVo. I've already put it on DVD, but I haven't. I just didn't have the time to watch it before I came to work today. Yeah. So again, the national media just mocking the Chicago Bears. They had this Blues Brothers cartoon with Matt Nagy as one of the Blues Brothers and Ryan Pace as the other Blues Brothers, a Blues brother, and they. The joke was basically that the offense is a catastrophe while they've been in charge of the team, and they. You know, they had the Blues Brothers police car crashing into things and stuff. I don't exactly remember how it was, but it wasn't funny. And but yet here they were just joking about the Bears. And, you know, we've become the the punchline of the NFL when it comes to the offense. Um, Detroit Lions will always be the punchline of the NFL. So Don Bird, sorry, wherever you are, that that's just the reality. You guys are never going to win a championship ever. I started to tell you, I don't want to interrupt your point, Please. but uh, I didn't text. I, I came like, I mean, like milliseconds into texting you this because I was in such a bad mood early on. I was like, I'm telling you right now, this Bears team, if they were playing the 76 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we would lose. <laughs> I was starting to tell you that early on, and I was glad. By the time the second half, it just it felt like we've got some momentum or something somehow here, at least on offense, and it just felt like, okay, we've got a shot. Mm-hmm. Even before they scored, they suddenly were moving the ball, and Fields was looking good, and I just was like, hey, we, we're in this, even though the score didn't reflect it yet, but it just felt different. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead with what you were saying. I'm no, I, I I like where you're at because one of the things I wanted to mention to you is what was uh, ask you is what were were your impressions of Justin Fields? Because as you'll oh hear l- later yeah. in the local media here, they're basically crowning him. It's it's a sh- he's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but everybody's really really happy of the steps that he took uh, yesterday. You were there live. Did you sense that? Did you feel that? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I did. And again, my my friend, who I'm, whom again I told you I went to the game with, uh, he's been my friend since uh, Little League. Uh, so uh, he's a little bit older than me. He graduated. He was a uh, senior in high school, and I was a freshman. But I've known him. We were still on the same Little League team, but he was like eleven or twelve, and I was nine. You get mm-hmm. the point. So I've known him forever. Mm-hmm. And again, he's not a Bears fan for any reason. I mean, the, he's just there for me. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes. The one solace, this isn't a direct quote for him, but 
because the one solace you have as we leave here tonight is you know you got your quarterback. And he's like, when's the last time you thought you had your quarterback? I mean, honestly, and he was, he was bringing up Trubisky. He said, uh, I know you wanted him to be good, but did you honestly feel like in your heart of hearts that he was good and he was the answer? You wanted him to be, mm-hmm. but was he? And I was like, no, you're right. And uh, he goes, you got your quarterback. And yeah. like, even though you're losing right now, you got your quarterback and that's something. Yep. You just got to keep him healthy. And and I guess that is a moral victory. It does feel like he's the guy. And even all those crazy things happen, like, of course, every quarterback we get, whether it's Jay Cutler, Mahomes could be here, Rodgers could be here, and there's always a defensive lineman that gets a fucking interception all the time against us. The 85 Bears could be our line, and he would still throw. You got a pass tipped and picked off by a fat guy. It always happens to us. Yeah. Remember BG Raji or whatever his name was in the championship a f- game? A fucking course. <laughs> oh my God. It's just like I, I the same things happen over and over and over. But yeah, he showed grit and determination. He those late hits that, that of course didn't generate penalties, which again is bullshit. But he was able to take those hits, get right back up, despite that adversity, despite Pittsburgh, you know, getting everything handed to him. He just kept coming, man. He kept scoring. I honestly believe if we had more time at the end of the game, he would have he would have gotten Cairo into field goal range. Yes. At the end, he had all the momentum. He just ran out of time there. But the only thing I can be critical of, and I don't know if this is Nagy, which it probably is, or if it was Fields, at the end, instead of just throwing those little screen passes, at least just take one shot. Now, maybe the thought process is that's going to eat up seven, eight seconds. Exactly. I, that's my only, but maybe you get a penalty, mm-hmm. right? A defensive penalty, you something, right? Now I'm not even talking about the kick. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been critical of the kick, from what I understand, reading on Twitter. I wasn't able to listen to anything last night, but mm-hmm. everyone apparently has been critical of of having Cairo go out there. I, you know what, a hail mary. It's almost a hail mary with the kick as well. Maybe they should have thrown. I don't know, but I'm just talking about the plays that led up to right. His kick, maybe you should have taken the shot. Both but. both attempts, the field goal and the Hail Mary pass uh, from that part of the field were Hail Marys. I think you put it uh, perfectly. And uh, Matt Nagy did talk about what the decision process was, and they just felt like, you know what, let's just gobble up the yards. We've got enough time to get Carlos into field goal range, so let's focus on that as opposed to a Hail Mary pass. They only had 20 seconds when they got the ball there. So it probably, you know, made sense given how automatic Santos has been. But um, uh, at the same time. His career long was like 55, I think. Exactly, exactly. So you're asking him to do something he's never done before. Right. But the kick was dead on. It was dead center. Just it's a little bit short. I think if it would have been 60, he may have made it. Yeah, you know, it landed about five yards deep into the end zone, so I'm not a geometry math major or whatever, but another five yards to the end line and then the 10 feet height, he probably needed another 10, 12 yards is my guess. Okay, well, I stand corrected on that. I'm just but, guessing. But, I, I'm no, no correction. At the very least, his, 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 
his uh, wheelhouse is probably not going to ex- uh, exceed 55 yards. Not not in those conditions. Indoors, I bet you he could probably hit a 60-yarder. But, you know, you were there. Nobody's well, blaming him for that, obviously. Yeah. This d- didn't seem to be any wind issues. But, of course, you know, the fall but air. It was whipping where I was standing oh, was because it? I was right beside that water. <laughs> yeah, you, were, you were up there, man. All right. I want to play. I, what I did with the media highlights, Dan usually does these, and, and he does an outstanding job. But because he was traveling and so forth, I gladly stepped in. And what I did is I divided them into two parts. I did the first one that I'm going to play is the local media's reaction to Justin Fields and the game in general. So, and then after that, we'll we'll, we'll talk about the reaction. And then after that, I want to play the national media reaction to the taunting penalty and the, the the big mystery of whether the official bumped into Cassius Marsh or was that just an accidental thing? So that would be the second roll in. And that's all national media with the exception of a small clip I have from the David Kaplan uh, at the after game show, I think they call it, um, uh, here on local uh, Comcast Chicago. But here's the uh, radio reaction to the game. And uh, I didn't attribute the the radio stations on screen so i'll I'll try to type those in into the banners to give people uh proper attribution but here goes development of the quarterback you know we saw him reach a level last week and exceed it this week and we are seeing a guy that is coming more into his own and frankly it's incredibly exciting just the the idea that, that he can stand in that moment and make the plays that are needed. And, and, I mean, it was different level stuff. We have not seen that from a Bears quarterback in a while. Certainly not a young one. He's 22 years old. Um, but the defense, again, the defense has a chance. You know, I, I get it. They scored too early. Oh, you can't give Big Ben that kind of time. Give <laughs> Come me on. a break. You Come know, on. They, they just they – just, they surrendered the the, um, the the game-winning field goal without the kind of fight that you would expect, and they had bad moments throughout the game. Yeah, they really did, and, and they gave up 29 points, Molly. You're not going to win points. on the road when you give up 29 points, so we can find factors and contributing things to the loss, but when you're a defense and you give up 29 points to, a, to an average if if, be, if at, at best offense for the Steelers, you're not going to win many games. You know, the Justin Fields uh, emergence and however we want to describe it. Last week, I think that I repeated a couple times, it felt like to me the 49er game because of that singular moment was more like a breakthrough than breakout. Yeah. Last night felt like a breakout. Yeah. Last night to me felt more like a breakout because of what happened when they needed it most and, and, and what happened in the way that Justin Fields overcame earlier inconsistency or mistakes and was unfazed in that environment to come back and give them a chance. And when he, when he you know, made that play to give them the lead with a minute 46 left, you think we just watched something very special and you want to mark the occasion if you're a Bears fan and then the defense surrenders and Big Ben takes the ball down the field. And they win. Great to watch Justin Fields make every throw in the route tree that you wanted to see him make. How about the first time he gets a chance for the big drive? 
literally the childhood dream. When you're in the backyard, <clears throat> you're thinking, I'm going to quarterback us in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter and take us there. The first time he gets a chance to do that in the NFL, he was gorgeous. Like it was seven plays, 75 yards in a minute six. And he was calm. And he said he was just focused on showing up. Yeah, can you imagine the first time you get to do it? You nail it like that. It was so exciting. To see to see him and, and Negi, you kind of told the story of him smiling, being like, all right, I got this opportunity and I'm going to go and make the most out of it. There's also that part. That's my quarterback. I saw him smiling after. I was I was happy for him. Like, I was like, man, that dude has been through some crap here. He has, like, put up with some, some stuff and trying to figure it all out and getting beaten and battered. And I know Pittsburgh came back and won. I totally remember that part of the game. I don't. <laughs> it's, it's never been less important. I don't care at all. But, but that moment after the drive, Lawrence, when he's walking down the sidelines <laughs> and high-fiving guys and just grinning from ear to ear, good for you, kid. You know, it, it was it was it definitely like a moment for all of us to be like, ooh, we like, look at this. Look at this right here. They may have gotten this part of it right. Never got it right before and, in our and, lives. And I can't wait to go back and look at the throws because it it's the touch on the throw to Allen Robinson. I rewatched this morning. It's, it ages well. I'm sure it does. It it's, ages well. Lawrence. It's the bullet throw over the middle to Cole Komet. Which one? Right, you're there right. Are multiple options. No, you're right. There's uh, the eight yarder that. that he like right in there. He threaded a needle. Then there's the one down the left hash. Whew. They were both beautiful. Sorry, forget it. He's rolling. Continue. Which throw? Or oh, I'm ready. Or oh. the throw to Marquise Goodwin on the sideline. Ooh, small underthrow doesn't matter. Mitch would have put it into the second row. No big deal. <laughs> or the yarder. Or the touchdown to Mooney where oh, he has to touch. That has the to, one. It has to be touch. It has to be him squaring his shoulders. It's on the move. Like, it's a gorgeous throw. He's really good throwing on his on the move to his left. How about He's that? He's a righty. I, a righty. I, I'm aware. Oh, it's, that's the cool part. I, I'm it. aware. I know that's not <laughs> Ken Stabler or Mark Brunel. I am familiar with which army throws that the ball. That means you can roll him out either direction. Yeah, that, yes. Not in the first half, apparently. That's not in the playbook. Hey, no. hey, hey Danny. Yeah. How about those chunk plays yesterday? Oh, well, which one was your favorite, Lawrence? He I, completed I, seven of them. He had seven chunk plays yesterday. <laughs> seven of them. Last time that happened to a Bears quarterback, I was 20. And how old a man are you now? 35. It's been 15 years since the Bears have had a game <laughs> Where a with, that many, with that many chunk plays, with that many 15-yard completions. On, on offense? 15 years. The outcome of the game, I always want my team to win, is secondary to me. The development of this quarterback is the primary goal for me. So hands down, the officiating sucked. The discipline or lack thereof was awful. There's no question to me in my world, the most important part of what transpired last night was you saw a young man who is very comfortable in doing what he's doing and he's making strides in a significant path right now in a lot of ways. Like he is... He is making decisive decisions to tuck and run when there's nothing there. He's pushing the ball downfield. One of the things that, that I have looked at and said that he needs to get better at is trusting himself and what he sees and throwing the ball into tight windows. He's doing that. I, I don't think you can – I mean, again, you can be upset that they lost the game, certainly. You can be mad about the coaching staff and a lot of other things. To me, 
I come away from that game last night, and I feel really good about their future with their quarterback. And their development of that young man, to me, is the overall biggest story coming out of that game. And look, a lot of people may say, we were talking about this yesterday, like, can Justin Fields, what to root for with them if they go to three and six? Do you root for disaster because you want the regime out? And I said to you yesterday before the game, the biggest thing that I'm rooting for is Justin Fields' progress. You got it. And whatever comes with that, so be it. I don't want them to stay with Pace and Nagy. But if it's if if the number one thing that happens over the last nine games, now eight left, is that Justin Fields really improves. And we know at the end of the year he's good. And that, the, that who knows, the sky could be the limit. Yeah. Chris Collinsworth tweeted that he had the best graded performance out of any quarterback this week in the NFL. And Chicago has definitely got its QB1. There are going to be still growing pains sure. over these next eight games. But like all quarterbacks are still going through tough games. But I feel way better today than I did two weeks ago. But what's so disappointing, Cap, is how undisciplined the football team is. No matter how harmonious it is up there at House Hall where everyone gets along, when you get on the field and there's all these penalties and all these mistakes, that's just not good enough, man. That's on the players, but it's also on coaching as well. I mean, you understand it's a rowdy environment at Heinz Field, and that's one thing. But when you're just not even – when you're in the neutral zone twice, a Robert Quinn, a veteran, time and time again, you are beating yourself in that spot. And whatever you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, that was a winnable game at the end, there's no question. But it just shows you the difference between a team that can be able to win at the end and a team that beats themselves. And that's exactly what the Bears did yesterday. Again, another waste of time. It was good to see the Bears rally in the fourth quarter with a chance to win, but it just shows you they just can't finish because that's who they are. The undisciplined Chicago Bears showed you why we have a problem with our coaching staff. We had 115 penalty yards on 12 penalties. Pittsburgh only had four, and they're all ticky-tacks. We fought, clawed, scratched. This is the effort we've been begging for, and yet it was all for naught because of the team being so undisciplined. But, you know, tip your cap to Justin Fields. Bill Lazor, by hook or crook, we we were able to generate some offense. Yeah, we got great fumble recovery and and return for a touchdown. Other than that, every single point the Bears got tonight, they had to scratch, bite, and claw to get. I hate to say this is you know a moral victory, but it's such a, a shame that it has to be a loss because of so much stupidity on the part of so many different players. Well, Dan, I'll tell you, it was so nice to see for the Bears to actually throw a long pass. The one to Mooney, it was a hitch and go. We threw, what, two 250 yarders. It's by far the most yards that Fields yeah, has thrown for this year. Right. That and, and, well, well, that's not really saying much. But, My point is, we're going down the field. This is the ninth game of 17, and we finally went downfield. We tried to attack. We tried to score. But the fact of the matter is, now we're three and six. It's not looking good, folks. It's just not looking good. Dan Aguirre. What do you think about what the gentleman from the Chicago radio media said about the post game about the Bears' loss to Steelers? You know the officiating had to be bad 
for Tom Waddle to complain about it. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. Waddle's one of those guys that yes. that would normally say, <clears throat> I mean, you can't do anything about the officiating, so why waste your time complaining about it? Mm -hmm. Or something like that. He's very pragmatic, as right. you know. Right. And even Tom Waddle talked about it. So that was one of the things that jumped out to me. Uh, yeah, so I kind of agree with mostly everyone's assessment. Uh, God, I don't know why Jay Hood just rubs me the wrong way. Not that I don't like him, but it, he always kind of has, you know, when I'm optimistic, something to throw on to that and just be like, well, you shouldn't be so fucking happy, you know? By the way, I, I realized just when you said that, that I made a mistake. I, I said the show was Cap and Holmes. It's Cap and Hood, and I apologize to Jay Hood for that mistake and the folks. Over I didn't even notice you saying that. Huh? No, Honestly. I didn't say it. I had a graphic up on the screen. So, uh, oh, okay. I was going to say, I didn't hear you say that at all, but no. that explains it. Yeah. So uh, here, here's a, a thought that I had and uh, in, in listening back to it is that the first half, everybody was just like gaga and giddy. They didn't give a shit about the final score. They were just gaga about what Justin Fields did, particularly in that second half and, and the heroic effort he had to lead this team back into not back, but into the lead after trailing what 14 to nothing at one point or 14 to three at one point, 14 to nothing. It was 14, nothing early. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then the second half is there, there were people like uh, Jay hood who were just so upset that the bears lost and are now, you know, bemoaning the fact that they're not going to make the playoffs. Well, the Bears, we knew the Bears weren't going to make the playoffs a couple of weeks ago. This now, and it started a week ago, this is now all about uh, Justin Fields and his development and, 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 and getting this promise from him that he's going to be a franchise quarterback, that he is going to be a quarterback like all the other quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls, the Drew Breeses, the Ben Roethlisberger's, the Aaron, even, you know, even Aaron Rodgers. Even those quarterbacks that have won at least one, but have been competitive over a long career, Justin Fields is headed in that direction. That's what happened yesterday. That was a sign, and it is an indication that it's going to continue, that there's no turning back. This guy is going to be the guy. Do you agree with that assessment? Is your confidence level high enough that you can say, yeah, this isn't Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, this isn't Jay Cutler. Yeah, this isn't any of these other guys that I've seen fail over and over and over again as the Bears quarterback. This is the guy. Well, I, I don't, again, I don't want to argue over Cutler. And I know you and I are pretty similar on Jay anyway yeah. with regards to his play. You know, we wanted him to be successful. And, but I, I don't know if he, I think Jay was above Mitch. So I think Jay was much better than Trubisky. But anyway, totally agree. Take, Take Cutler. <sighs> okay, to use Cutler, only, I feel like only the Bears could turn Jay Cutler into a 51 and 51 quarterback. Because I honestly believe if Cutler would have stayed in Denver and Mike Shanahan's not fired, that they probably win a Super Bowl with Brandon Marshall mm -hmm. and Eddie Royal and Jay in their primes. I really do, and Mike Shanahan was an excellent coach, but they pulled the plug on it. So I think the Bears just 
I don't want the Bears to ruin this guy. And this coaching staff is very capable of ruining him. So I don't have confidence that he can supersede Matt Nagy in the long run, but I do have confidence that he is, you know, the guy we wanted when we drafted. Let me. And I like he's had some ups and downs, but I don't want to give you a monologue. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to interrupt and ask you. Uh, I want to play the devil's advocate, like Greg Gabriel did with me today. Is, but he's showing progress on the Matt Nagy. Why shouldn't we believe? Because this is the the case Matt Nagy is making to General Manager Ryan Pace and, and the McCaskey family and Ted Phillips. He's he's getting better, and. and okay. The fact I've, that we, I, I want to answer that immediately. All right. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, immediately, every week, it feels like it's so arduous for us to score any points. Mm-hmm. It's just like it takes a 17 play drive. It's just so hard, with the exception of that special teams touchdown yesterday. Mm-hmm. Every point is just so difficult to come around, which is why you have to take the, the short field goals when you get screwed out of a a Jimmy Graham touchdown down there. You just need the points. And he's supposed to be a guru, and they never score. So that's one. And two, the defense, which, hey, you could say Sean decides the coordinator, it's on him. But you know what? We're beyond that now. We we Chuck Pagano's gone. Vic Fangio's gone. Matt Nagy is the coach. Mm-hmm. And last night, you had a quarterback who literally can't move anymore. At the end, he tried to run like a little bootleg or some shit. It was like two or three yards, and it looked like he was about to die. Yeah. So I don't know why you sit back in a zone and not pressure him. The re- To me, I've said this for weeks. The Part of the reason you have this four-game losing streak, again, because last year it was six. They had a losing streak in 19 as well. What was it, five games in 2019? Mm-hmm. Every year this team has a fucking meltdown, which I predicted almost when uh, the Rodgers thing happened. But – the point is the defense, he's responsible for them too. And he's allowed, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady on mobile quarterbacks to stand back there and barely even get touched. Blitz these guys some, but he wants to stay back in this soft ass fucking, you know, zone back there and, and gets you, no pressure. You know the reason for that, right? Dan, you know the reason for that, that, that they that they're deciding not to blitz Ben? No. Because he is a killer of blitzes. He a veteran I, I'm sorry. veteran veteran when quarterbacks. They, hold on a second. Veteran quarterbacks ahead. who are adept, who 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 have success in this league are begging you to blitz them. Begging you. Add to that that the defensive backfield of the Bears is not playing well. Eddie Jackson is missing. You got uh, the young guys at cornerback who are are showing susceptibility. And so now you're really begging them to – begging uh, Big Ben to burn you. So you've got to try to win those four-man rushes so that you can have seven guys back there guarding against the pass. That's the strategy. I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. To me, it's like gambling and throwing dice and hoping that it's a five and a two or whatever the hell. That's that's the reason why. Well, to me, that's part of the reason he needs out of here uh, because the fall of that defense is that you could say, oh, well, Khalil Mack's hurt. You know, but Cleo Mack was playing hurt. I get that. But like against Tom, just look at the Brady game, just as an example. The two times Tom Brady's lost the Super Bowl was because the Giants hit him over and over and over. Well, I guess he lost at Eagles too, but two of the three times. The Giants just hit him relentlessly. The time that the Bears beat Brady in 2020, what happened? 
They hit him so many times, he fucking forgot what down it was. That's the game plan. That's You got Robert Quinn out there. Uh, Robert Quinn, from where I was standing last night, had a good game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know what his stats were. I didn't get to watch the TV copy. He looked like he was making an impact. Rush him. Let's see what 99 does without Khalil out there. Gibson. Gibson's played well when Khalil was being spelled, you know, like when he needed a breather because he was playing hurt. I still think you got to take chances to try to go after them. And how 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 well has the defense looked the last couple of weeks back in that fucking zone? Uh, just no pressure. They, like, how, I kept saying last night to Sylvester, I was like, look, this is third and seven. This is where a good defense gets off the field. First down, Pittsburgh. Well, here we are again. It's third and 13. Like, oh, first down, Pittsburgh. It's just, like, just get off the field. We just need one stop for the win. Come on. I mean, part of that's on Nagy. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I'm not, and I'm not defending Sean Desai's coaching strategy. Four thousand Clovers says, you know, although you know that that would have been true five ten years ago when when uh, Ben was more mobile and and younger and a, a stronger arm and so forth. I'm not I'm not arguing with that. I'm not endorsing Sean Desai's strategy. I'm just explaining to you that the reason for his strategy is because he doesn't have. 100% confidence in the defensive backfield, particularly with the captain of the defensive backs, Eddie Jackson, out. And that um, um, uh, you, you just feel like you should win these uh, four-on-five battles at the, at the line of scrimmage. That's, that's the test. And so when, when they say when, – when they have Josh Woods guarding a wide receiver in a slot, what is it, what is it that they say? That's the strategy. It's got to work. We we put that emphasis on those players, and they got to make the play. That's the way they think, not me. But I, I hear what you're saying. Matt Nagy's responsible for that thinking, so get rid of him. I find I I mean maybe I'm wrong on this, and it's just an opinion. There's no way to prove it to me to be right or false. But I think the sigh is kind of like. You know, he's just happy to be the coach. I think he's going to do what Matt Nagy tells him to do. He's not going to stand up to Nagy and say, no, man, we're going to bring the pressure right now. That's what we need. Matt Nagy's pretty much the defensive coordinator now, too, in my opinion. He's making that call on what defense to be in. He's, now, he's, I don't know about personnel and things like that. I'm not trying to say he's working, uh, who's on the field right now. I'm sure the size doing that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think what our strategy is at any given moment is Matt Nagy's. Well, and another and, thing, last thing, uh, I'll be quiet. Matt right. Nagy, third and one, and a fucking shotgun again. Just kill me, God, stop it. Mm-hmm. And you're you're right. I mean, uh, Sean Desai is calling all of the plays. Uh, Matt Nagy is not calling a single play on Sunday on offense or defense. But during the week, when they install all of the plays, they pick, they analyze what the defense does well, compare it to what. The offense does well. And then they all talk together. This is the coordinators with the head coach and the position coaches, and they all select what the game plan is. Well, against this offensive line, against these receivers, blah, blah, blah. We suggest this, 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 this. And Matt Nagy approves all of that. And then at the game, Lazer and Desai are calling the plays. That's it. I know people like to say, well, Matt Nagy is calling the plays now, or, you know, he's even calling the defensive plays. That's not true. That's not the way it's happening. 
That's just not happening that way. These guys. I just meant with the strategy. Yeah. Maybe it's before the game. Like what? That's what, what, that's what I just said. What, that's yeah. what I just said. Okay. Okay. All I, week I long. I'm sorry. Uh, all week long, there. Uh, Maggie is is approving all of the strategy that he and the other coaches have input to. So, the biggest play of the game <laughs> is this taunting penalty. I want when it, when it happened. What was your reaction? You mentioned earlier that you didn't even know who, who the Bears player was, but what was what was your reaction? What was your friend's reaction? What was the reaction of the people around you? Swear on my mom's grave. When he did that fucking karate kick mm -hmm. or whatever it was, mm -hmm. which again, and seeing it on Twitter, it's not really that bad. You saw Neil Smith used to do like the baseball swing every mm -hmm. time he got a sack and the whole defense takes off running and mugs for the camera and shit. So him doing his little karate kick or just standing there isn't egregious in comparison with anybody else in this league. But at the time that he did that kick, I started screaming, no, 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 no taunting. Get off the field. Get off the field. Get. I was like, he literally was to my right. And I was like, had my arms on his shoulder, shaking him. Get off the field. But I was shaking my friend. Like, I was like, get off the field. No. And then, of course, here comes the flag. Uh, but that was my reaction. I was screaming, don't get a taunting penalty when I saw him do that kick. Mm-hmm. And what was the reaction of the Steelers fans? I, I honestly, I, I would be lying if I told you that uh, I was listening or paying attention okay. to them at, at all in any way. Nobody during the game was bothering me mm -hmm. or communicating with me or taunting me or anything. So it was the little section I was in were Bear fans mm -hmm. and nobody was harassing me in any way or, or anything. So and they just did their weird things at the break, trying to get them to wave that goddamn towel and playing these <laughs> awful songs and shit. And I'm like, I, I, the overall experience of seeing the game in Pittsburgh, uh, uh is way worse than like Cleveland. We got the, you know, the, the muck from the, the, the dumbasses and stuff. Right. But overall, the experience in the, the stadium and stuff, I enjoyed it more, but I enjoyed the people better in Pittsburgh this time. But, just being in the stadium, I didn't really, I got just like, God, get back from commercial. Let's go. Let's go. Like, I can't even give it. They were playing. It felt like it could have been 1993 with the shit they were playing in the stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, just it breaks and all the whole thing was to try to get them to wave that damn towel. <laughs> that is hilarious. I, before I roll this clip of the taunting stuff, uh, put up that bare truth uh, one again, uh, Johnny. The problem with our team is that Nagy doesn't inspire, motivate, and create a play 100 mile per hour win at any cost mentality. Would you would you agree with that? Clearly, right, Dan? Yeah, I, I again, I absolutely agree with that. Okay, because um, I I feel the same way. But Greg Gabriel was saying today in our earlier shows that players haven't given up on him, and I I tend to agree, but I I don't think that they're playing every player on that team is playing with, with the way bear truth nine aspires this team to play motivated and created uh, creating a hundred mile an hour win win at any cost mentality uh so anyway let's get to the national media's response on the so-called taunting pen penalty and Dan, if you can get to your phone so you can see some of these visuals while uh, these guys talk. These are mostly the morning shows on the national networks, but I do have uh, a, a quick soundbite here from the uh, the cap show on NBC uh, Chicago. 
bit oh, last God. night. What happened, Jay? Yeah, just uh, we can get, we'll get into it. You got cheated. The Bears. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we got cheated. But so, Key, if I'm reading this right, there's some shot at Nagy in there somewhere. No, maybe, between, maybe, maybe. All right. Well, that's what you get for betting. Keep your money in your pocket. Ah. Well, I made money last night actually. Oh. That's how you get cheated. No, I'm just because you could have made yeah. even more. <laughs> what, 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 <laughs> covered. I, that's what I'm saying. I just well, it's how it went down. How so, it went down. It was a good game, no? Twelve flags, down, 115 down. yards, and penalties. I mean, some home cooking going on there. It is over officiated. It like uh, this really? year generally, not just last night, but this year the taunting rules and everything. Yeah, taunting and, the taunting rules. I would have had like, I would have never been able to play a game. Straight have been like, get this dude off the field. Man, you can't say team. any. You can't even stare at people these days now. You can't stare. Staring is taunting. Keith, don't stare at me. That's don't taunting. That's a like, flag. Really? I mean, that was ridiculous last night. Some backstory. This oh. offseason, the NFL put in this taunting rule, and it kind of was buried under a lot of other new policies and rules. And I think there was a clear delineation of like what is taunting and what is not taunting. Taunting is when you're doing it in the face of somebody else, but celebrating is when you do it elsewhere. Because the the Steelers had an interception yesterday, and the entire team gets to run into the end zone and celebrate Take and do pictures, the thing. And, right. Hey, pictures! It, and we're like, woohoo! Selly of the month! Like we do this whole thing with <laughs> celebration. We love it. And then. Cassius Marsh does this kick, mm -hmm. looks at the side Nice kick, line, too. Nice kick, by the way. Great kick, and we say, all right, well, that's dangerous to the game. I, this is where Tony Currency's in a tough spot. The NFL's mm. competition committee yeah. said this is a point of emphasis, yeah. which doesn't mean it's just a new rule. It's like, we want you guys to call this. Part of the reason was we were getting some gestures from players last couple years that were coming off as really bad sportsmanship, some cases that were in, you know, inciting violence on the field. Like, we don't, I don't know where to, the line crosses here. Look, the coach is yelling at him, but Cash is like, I've been doing that kick move my entire career, and he's had a long career. And he's about changed. to kick, right? And, and he's like, rules I, have changed. That's rules true. have changed. Uh, it's not the wrong call because it's the point of emphasis. Like, mm -hmm. he's doing his job. It sucks. I know. It sucks if you're a Bears fan. Like, what do you mean? That's not, that's not the point. The rule is there. Thank you. You cannot do that. You no. cannot look at the opposing team's sideline. Glare at it. Bro, yeah. you had already done, you done like five spin kicks. I mean, I thought this was Mortal Kombat. He had done five spin kicks. Okay, that's, he's always done that after a sack. That's his signature celebration. Okay. okay. Got it. And as they long, didn't flag that. As long as, guess what it was? Because yep. he was looking at the end zone. Yep. He was doing all that and they go keep on doing that. And then that wasn't enough because that didn't get garnered the attention that he wanted. He had to turn and face the Steelers bench. What do you think's going to happen? And I remember I learned this rule over the offseason and I was with a bunch of different colleagues from Fox and Charles Woodson could not stomach it and was sitting in the room while the the head of officiating was speaking to us, and he's raising his hand. He's like, you know that's going to cost someone a big game, or mm -hmm. that's going to cost someone a playoff game. You can't have that cost a playoff game. Like, mm -hmm. And they're like, yes, but the players will learn, and hopefully by the end of the season, they'll know you can't taunt. It's a tough thing to stomach, and of course the Bears would go on to score, so it's almost a moot point. Mm -hmm. But they also called it last week, mm -hmm. and we didn't go mm -hmm. nuts about it. Right. I, yep. Eli Penny gets a, a not, an easy first down, oh, and yeah, it's a big yep. play for the Giants. For the first down. And what... Guys, this was last week on Monday Night Football. Watch Eli Penny here. I mean, does that seem so demonstrative? Does he look like he's doing something that's going to incite violence with that? No. It's a 15-yard penalty. Mm -hmm. Knock the Giants back. Mm -hmm. 
It is the rule. And point it's, of emphasis. It's the point of emphasis. The league has told the refs, call this if you can. The reason we're talking about it is not just the taunting penalty, but the fact that the flag comes out as he's walking by the ref, uh, Conti, right? Mm -hmm. um, Correnti, Correnti, sorry, Correnti. He's walking by the ref, Correnti. It looks like he tries to turn right and catch Marsh with his elbow, misses, because like the ref is trying to make sure that Marsh hits him. And then when he misses, he turns left to make sure that Marsh bump. clips him on the way see, on the way past. See. And then he pulls the flag. I agree. I believe Tony Carrente stepped in this gentleman's line of in his path, caused him to bump him. Now I thought that's what he threw the flag on is because the, the Marsh bumped into him. Skip, I didn't know that. Okay, but you're saying he stepped into Marsh's path. Yes, he okay. did. Because Marsh looked uh, like he was. I, I agree. Right. Marsh so looked like he was trying to flag be... him if you run into him. Right. But right? he's saying he flagged him for taunting yes. the bench. Yes. But if that was the case, when he was doing all that, throw the flag then, and therefore you don't back into him and then throw the flag once the guy bumps into you. Because, Skip, even if the guy, if I'm tussling with, if I'm on the field, this happened to Rod Smith on a Monday night. He was tuss tussling with a DB. He snatches his hand from the DB, and he accidentally hits the official. Flag goes up in there. Rod is gone. He didn't mean to do it, okay. but if you make contact with official on the field, it's an automatic ejection. Well, Tony Carrente, you bumped into the guy. You hip-checked the guy. That guy was not going to bump Tony Carrente, Skip. And the way he was running, Carrente back. So the NFL should suspend him for one game. Wow. One game. He's got to miss a game, Skip. He's got to miss a game. Tony Carrente has called the Super Bowl. Like he's so, one of the highest graded officials. So, and he, he can just still be wrong. told the pool reporter, the contact with me had nothing to do with it. Again, why who are you going to believe, me or the video? So, so why didn't he throw it before so, that? So he said he threw Correct. it because he taunted Correct. the other so thing. So he should have thrown it way before yeah. he got on the other side of him. You, and just a little context here. At this point, the Steelers have been called for two penalties. Mm -hmm. The Bears have been called for 11. Wow. Mm. The Bears' sideline was apoplectic all night. It's mm -hmm. a desperation game, going to a bye. The season might be over. Nagy, everyone was on the officials, like on them. Right. They're human beings. I think the officials have maybe had enough and were pissed and were tired of this and they've been getting worn out. That bump is a little bit weird, and mm -hmm. I think it should be looked at. That's all I will say. I want the players on the field to determine the game. I don't like when refs inject themselves in the into the game yeah. at the end of games yeah. to that extent. I don't like it. No. So, Mars literally played for the Steelers. Obviously, there's something a little bit personal there. He didn't bark anything crazy. Not that what I've known or what I've heard or what I've read. That or has been reported, yeah. But like, you know, these taunting calls. I mean, for now, for a stare down, for but like going probably... over five yards, for just a stare down. If we back up just to the fact that the NFL has these idiotic rules that affect play on the game after the fact plays over game is like that next play and now because of something you say or some look you give that affects the field position that can determine a game dan aguire i think kyle brandt really hit on something when he said that the amount of penalties that the bears were accumulating and many of them bad calls the Bears bench, coaches and players, are giving it to the officials. And I think that when that happened, that so-called taunting, that Carrenti was fed up and he was looking for an excuse to throw that flag, which is why you can see physically he moves into 
uh, the path of Cassius Marsh. And so I think that it, maybe it's uh, intentional or maybe it's a subconscious kind of thing. I think that had a lot to do with it. Your thoughts? It, it's ex it just, I feel exasperated. And I, I think it was Shannon Sharp. Uh, see, I tried to follow the video. It just was behind or something. Sure, sure. It was from Shannon. what I was hearing, yeah. I, it just didn't match up for me. So I turned it off in that regard. But it could be the Wi-Fi here. I'm not saying it's your problem. No, it's you a seven-second delay from what you're hearing on your headsets to to what's coming out on YouTube. Yeah. But I think it was Shannon Sharp by voice that was saying he should be suspended. And I completely advocate that. Uh, I think people have forgotten when they mentioned, well, he did the Super Bowl. Shit, Alex, he did your Super Bowl. But I agree with Alex in the sense that I made that point to two people here, uh, the owner that was here earlier, and I should have said it on air, mm -hmm. and to uh, my uh, program director. Neither one of them watched the game last night. And I was like, look, just, just watch this play without me saying anything. Mm -hmm. And it was that hip check thing. And both of them were like, wow. I was like, if that wasn't the reason he threw the flag, then why did he wait to after the contact? Mm -hmm. And uh, Alex Brown said that, I believe, on, on the audio there, or audio for me. And I agree with that 100% that he, he seemed to, like you said, he wanted to throw a flag and that that was the catalyst. He's fucking lying to Adam Hogue mm -hmm. there at the end. He's fucking lying. And I told you before the game, this guy bullshits like that. And I said this before we went on air. I, I want to say it again, and maybe it's just me being a meatball, crybaby bitch, whatever. I honestly believe that the Bears are like, that game were cheated probably as bad as anyone since the 1970 Raiders or 72 specifically with that postseason game as we now have come to know as the Immaculate Reception. Uh, but the Raiders that were cheated numerous times there, but I don't know if anyone's been cheated that badly there since the Raiders before last night hmm. where everything goes the other way. By the way, are you going to include any sentiments from Howard Stern? Because if you're not, I want to talk, talk about that. And uh, my friend who went to the game with me sent me that audio from Colin Cowherd that I sent you earlier. Yeah. If you didn't check that out, there's some good shit with Cowherd putting over fields. And then he goes into uh, a new Aaron Rodgers story that I didn't even know over about. And he's just calling Rodgers a pussy and a liar and all this shit. It's great. That, does that Cowherd stuff need to be edited? Is it long? Um, I think it's like, uh, it, it's probably over five minutes. All right. I'll check it out when uh, we bring John in and I'll, I'll, I'll if yeah, I have the to first part it. is, is him talking about how, again, fields is the guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, and again, I didn't, I definitely don't watch Colin Cowherd, but my, my friend Sylvester said, you got to see this. And the rest of it is, I'll tell you this to see if it piques your interest. Apparently Aaron Rodgers told people magazine, get the fuck out of here was talking to people magazine or something about how he's upset that more people didn't come to defend him. I, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So Calhart has this thing. He's like, you know why people don't defend you is because you're a piece of fucking shit that goes around ghosting everybody and your, your friendships or quote unquote friendships are all one sided. Mm -hmm. That's why nobody defends you because you're a selfish fuck who has a Jesus complex because he mentioned uh, he was being crucified and he quotes, he compares himself to Dr. King. He's like, this guy is such a narcissist. He's a fucking whack job is what he yeah, is. Yeah. He's just saying like this guy. So yeah, I think you'll enjoy him ripping him. And if anyone didn't hear from Howard Stern yesterday, 
If you hate Aaron Rodgers as much as I do, Howard Stern basically said, I don't even like football, but this piece of fucking shit, Aaron Rodgers, we can't ignore this. This guy is a liar. Yeah. And he went on, went on, did like a 10 out, a 10 minute bit right. about I, how Aaron Rodgers is, is a lying, a, a lying bastard who should be suspended. Um, and he probably should, by the way, before this goes away on the chat uh, feed here, I love this dented fender. He said that the referee said to the bears, I own you. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my, let me shout out my friend Vinny. Vinny? Uh, Vinny says, yeah, Vinny in the house while well, listening to us now. I don't know if he's listening or watching on YouTube. He just sent me a message. And again, Vinny is one of the guys I can say conclusively. Oh, let me tell you one more cool thing about Vinny before I get to my point. He went to high school with Ahmad Bradshaw. That was his boy, too, like, again, from the Giants. Uh, Game-winning touchdown on the Super Bowl 46. But anyway, Vinny says, and he's a Kansas City fan before they ever won. Mm -hmm. Loyal Chiefs fan because he loved Marcus Allen. He liked Allen with the Raiders, and he went to Kansas City when Marcus Allen went to the Raiders. So he's a loyal Chiefs fan. He says, y'all got, he says, y'all definitely got cheated, bro. <laughs> last night. That's from a guy that likes Kansas City. Yeah. That has no reason to tell me that. Yeah. Other than everybody knows it's true. It, well, everybody it knows it's true. It, it's, and, does it bother you that Matt Nagy, after the game or even today's press conference, didn't blast the referees, even at the risk of being fined $25,000? Because to me, I think the players would respond positively to their head coach criticizing the officiating. Does it bother you that he didn't, he didn't criticize the refs at all? Far be it for me to defend Nagy. Maybe just I'm just pulling one out of my ass. Maybe Pace told him not to. Could be. Maybe somebody told him not to. I don't want to infer that automatically Nagy was so tight with his own cash that he was like, I don't want to get fined. I don't want to do, you know, maybe they told him, look, we know, Matt, we're going to get that letter on Tuesday that says that we're sorry or Wednesday. Uh, there's nothing you can do about it. So don't go out there and say anything. But maybe that's not what happened. But I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I I think that if my boss told me not to say something, that's what I would say at the press conference. I've been asked not to comment on that. <laughs> that's good. I like that. Yeah. And in fact, uh, somebody just said that at a press conference. I'm trying to remember who it was. Some other um, – it was a player – uh, a player for the Steelers was being, oh, it's Ben Roethlisberger, was asked after the game last night, what's the, what's the uh, status of your shoulder? Because he's got a shoulder injury. And his response, this is after the game, he's, he said, Coach Mike Tomlin has asked us not to comment on injuries and you need to direct all injury questions to him, which was a, a good response. You know, as opposed to giving some, you know, bullshit, yeah, I don't want to talk about it, whatever. Um, that's the way those things should be handled. Anyway, I want to um, I want to play for you while we're on the topic of officiating. Justin Fields, there were two, maybe three, roughing the passer penalties on him that were not called, and he was asked about that at to, or yesterday's press conference immediately after the game. And this is what he said: "Told me that he ran into me." Um... 
which I thought is, is a late hit. So, I mean, if he run into me after I throw the ball, but, I mean, I don't know. And I said, uh, Big Ben just got that call, so I don't know why you can't give me that call. I mean, I just needed him to call it both ways. So um, that's that's what I told him. But, um, yeah, so that's the only conversation we got. I mean, it's it's a common theory, you know, the vets, they get those calls. I think Joe Burrow said something about that like a few weeks ago. Like, you know, once we get older and once we get, you know, to that time, we're, we're going to get those calls. But being a young QV, you're, you're just not going to get those calls. And you just have to face the fact. What a, wow, did he say he said that to Carenti? Uh, yes, that uh, he wow. asked him, Why didn't I get that call? Yes, thank yeah, I'm so glad that he shared that. That's yes. that's ballsy. He'll probably get fined for that. I, I don't see why he shouldn't. He's just revealing a conversation. No, he I a, agree with you, but you know how the league yeah, is. Yeah, sure, I agree with you. I, I understand what you're saying, but I. I why is it that, and this happens in baseball too and in basketball, the superstars get calls and other players don't? Don't they all wear the same uniforms? Aren't they all playing the same game? Why are officials looking at the name in the back of the jersey before they decide to throw a flag or blow the whistle? I, I, I don't fucking understand that. It really infuriates me. I agree with you, and that's why I've bitched to you off air and stuff about like Mahomes or. Or uh, uh, Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis got Super Bowl 35 MVP for like five tackles. Didn't have a sack. Didn't have an interception. And I'm pretty sure Chris McAllister had a pick six. And and, and Mahomes didn't deserve Super Bowl MVP when Kansas City beat San Francisco. It should have been, and I'm not saying this because he's with us now, but it should have been Damian Williams. And uh, Peyton Manning didn't deserve the MVP against the Bears. It, it was Dominic Rhodes and, and uh, Joseph Adai that the Bears couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. Whether they were running or catching their little uh, flare route, uh, passes in the route, both guys had close to 100 yards. Both guys had like 10 catches. Manning did nothing all day except the one pass to Reggie Wayne. But my point is, these guys, because of their reputation, get everything handed to them. They, their MVP, oh, God, you know, uh, Mahomes completes three passes and we have to suck his dick now. It's just, it's ridiculous. And it's the same thing that's an extension of that on the field. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I, I don't know. Uh, he... Rodgers got hit pretty hard there, so we have to change the rule. Now you can't actually fall on him because Aaron's the one who got sacked. You think for a second if that was Jay Cutler, they would have changed the rule if the Vikings hit him? That If the, uh, Sue would have hit Cutler like that? I mean, Sue hit Cutler with some nasty shots when he was in Detroit. Did they ever change the rules for Jay? Mm -mm. No, but he's not one of the guys that the league fucking worships. Right. So the guys that they like, that they've determined is the guys they market – those are the guys that gets the, get the calls. And to Roethlisberger's credit, he did go to three Super Bowls. He's won two. He got like 150 calls to beat Seattle, but that's another story. The, the Seahawks were cheated against Pittsburgh in Super Bowl 40, if you all don't remember. Terribly. And I don't like the Seahawks, but the, the Steelers got away with one that night because they wanted Jerome Bettis to go out a champion. So they gave him every call to help. And that's not just this, like fucking QAnon talk. That go watch the game. <laughs> and then they, they did deserve to beat Arizona. They had the big drive at the end after Arizona took the lead. And then, of course, the one time we want them to win, Green Bay fucking beats them. Their recall is amazing. Um, all right. You're welcome to watch these games and, and challenge me on it for real. Well, we'll do that. As soon as. I want to do something with you during the off season where maybe we look at one of your games. I'll figure out a way to feed it through and maybe YouTube will, will allow us to talk over 
uh, one of the highlights of one like of those... a mystery science theater. Thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> the teacher's got to be involved in that one. He's a science theater fan. Yeah, I see hey, him Vinny, head. Vinny, real quick. Vinny says, as a Chiefs fan, I agree. Damian Williams was the true MVP of that game. Oh, look at that. Well, that. <laughs> it doesn't look like he's ever going to be an MVP of a Bears game, that's for sure. Not with Herbert and Montgomery back. Uh, that's going to be a one-two punch, hopefully for, for years to come, but uh, at least for another another season because Montgomery's under contract next season, and then we'll see what happens. Um, I want to play one more soundbite, and this is from today's, this morning's press conference, and um, it, it has to do with Justin Fields. And I know people hate it when we play Matt Nagy sound bites here, but I thought this was good uh, because it just gives us a sense of the progress that Justin Fields is making. Plus, you can also look at it from the standpoint of, boy, this guy's really sucking up to try to keep his job. He's, he's desperately trying to convince Pace and R. McCaskey that things are, are trending up. Things are going to look good and stuff. But anyways, here's uh, Matt Nagy at today's press conference. Yeah, growing up, you, you live for those moments, and you never know how people are going to react. And I, I said last night, that smile that I saw on his face, it was neat to see because it just gives everybody confidence. And it was almost like he knew that was going to happen. And then when you watch it on tape and you see kind of how it got started, how that drive went, um, you know, hindsight always twenty twenty. We say, shoot, we wish we would have maybe not scored so fast and given a little bit less time. But at that point in time, I think you all would agree that, you know, we, we want to score whenever we can and, and, and get touchdowns. So I was proud of him for that moment. I think that's a big moment for him. I thought for the game with him offensively um, that he really – Again, he grew with his decision making. He he had um, he had several what, what I have what I quote as uh, special plays, and and the one that stands out to me was the one down the uh, down the seam to Jimmy Graham. That throw he made to Jimmy Graham, just so we're real clear, that's probably a top three throw in the NFL this season. Uh, with with who he had in his face, the way he threw it, the accuracy, the timing, etc. That's a special rare throw. When you see those throws, you get excited, and. Um, you know, so I thought that that you, you you feel that, and we have more explosives on offense. You know, we have more explosives. We had a uh, we're we're growing in that area. So th- those are the positive. So that is Matt. transparently you're accurate. <laughs> it is so he's like, oh God, I've got to like wrap myself around Justin right now because otherwise everyone's going to see that there's another four game losing streak. <laughs> and that I'm unqualified for this job and I should have been fired, as Tooch said, like two years ago. Yeah, this guy's got to go. I, I I, almost wish that it was like, like the Matrix or something and I could just suddenly be in an alternate reality where they fire him like tomorrow. Yeah, for <laughs> Where sure. on the bye week, they just say, you know what? We, what, we thank you for your service. We're going to pay you for the rest of the season, but we got seven, eight games left and we're going to try them to win them with a different strategy. Mm-hmm. And I know they won't make that move, but fuck, they should make that move. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I last night's uh, post-game show, our after-game show called Bear Football, I predicted, I had no inside source information, but I predicted that Matt Nagy would be fired today. Obviously, I'm wrong. He had a press conference today, so I don't think it's going to happen now uh, or uh, at least until the end of the season. So here's my theory. Given that the Bears are sticking with him, at least for the foreseeable future here. This means that Ryan Pace is going to be the general manager next season. Oh, God. 
or it it could mean well no 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 i take that back this means that ryan pace is on the hot seat and won't be back next season here's my my line of thinking it's because why should they fire him now and then let ryan pace begin the new coach search if he's not going to be here next season does that make sense it does it does i i i I still wish they would just go ahead and fire him, but uh, I maybe I, I could see the, the, the certainly the uh, critical thinking that goes involved into making that assessment. It, it, it makes sense. Yeah. But I still wish that they would just say, you know what? We've got eight games left. We can make a run at this. The NFC isn't necessarily so. I mean, if we're talking about winning the division, that's a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. But maybe Rodgers misses a second game. Maybe they lose again. I don't know. But Jordan Love, from all I can gather, didn't seem to be too impressive on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But maybe, perhaps, you can get that seventh slot, the seventh wild card spot or the sixth one if you can put together a couple of wins, especially their quarterback seemingly ascending and, and becoming better, certainly better than you know when he played Cleveland when we saw him mm-hmm. uh, together. Or even Detroit. He, he's you know, benefiting from this added game time. So maybe you can get five, five and three, the rest of the way mm-hmm. or six and two or something. But if you're calling the same old shit over and over and over, I mean, what was it? Sarah Palin said in 08, it's like, if you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is, it's, I, fuck, I'm not a fan of Sarah Palin, but the point is, and it, not that she's wise in any strength, but, <laughs> Well, maybe she was wise to, to blow she, Glenn Rice. I'll she, give her that. I mean, if she, I was a girl, maybe I'd blow Glenn Rice too. But uh, <laughs> a future NBA star, Glenn Rice. But that's a fact, you all. If you're Republicans, I'm not making that up. But I, um, I never heard that before. Oh yeah, yeah. When she was an Alaskan uh, sports anchor, they had like the Alaskan shootout, so like the colleges would come over. Yeah. And like the middle of the winter, and they like they didn't see a lot of black folk over there anyway. So she was like. That was her fetish. I'll say it later. Is in her memoirs or something? Where'd you get this? No, no, it came out around like 2012. Well, how Glenn do you Rice know it's confirmable? That's verifiable. No, it, it was con- like it came out. Even Glenn Rice chuckled and said, "I, I she's a good girl. I don't have anything else to say about it. <laughs> that doesn't at the mean time, that he fucked her anyway. No, at the time <laughs> when it came out, um, I was like, man, the Republican Party won't want her in there anymore. You know, they don't really like a lot of interracial stuff. But let's not get off on that. No yeah. And, and I got to I gotta ask you this quick question before it goes away again. Factor has asked this great question. He did it in one of the other shows. And I, I realize I'm interrupting your story, but I, I want to make no, sure I get this in. He says, do you – he wants your answer on this. Do you trust Pace in hiring the next head coach, or do you have more trust in George and Ted – hiring the right general manager, which poison do you like better? I love that question. That is a good question. <laughs> um, if I had to put my money on one, I would say I would trust George because George at least cares. And I mean, maybe ultimately he gets forced out like Michael McCaskey and they give it to the other brother. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he probably is feeling the fire on his feet too, because he hasn't had a lot of success since he got the gig a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, but I would feel more comfortable with them hiring a new general manager than Ryan Pace. Was it asking me if I felt more comfortable at Ryan Pace hiring another coach or them hiring a new GM? That was the question, right? Correct. Yeah, I would feel more comfortable with them hiring a new general manager. And, and furthermore, 
pace is like we've said many times now is had, you know, he's been there since 2015 and he still can't establish an offensive line. Look at all these drafts that we've had and you still can't sustain an offensive line. By the way, Kyle long was act or activated from the pup list. I saw that former, former Chicago bear, Kyle long, but yeah, uh, if you, if you can't get a left tackle, all these years in, and if you weren't happy with Charles Leno, you should have drafted his successor several years ago. Bingo. I agree with that. And if you don't have any playmakers on the team, but you had one and didn't really realize them or use them properly, whose fault is that? So I talked with Greg Gabriel about this. Cordell Patterson is having an outstanding season. Eight games with the Falcons, and his stats from the wide receiver and running back position, 737 yards from scrimmage and seven touchdowns. In two years with the Chicago Bears, 32 games, he had almost 200 fewer yards from scrimmage, 550, and six fewer touchdowns. And this, again, from the wide receiver running back stats position, just one touchdown compared to the seven he has already in eight games. So I ask you, why why is Cordell Patterson playing for the Falcons, and why is Jimmy Graham, who has now two catches this season, or what, two or three catches this season, and he's making $9 million, why is, is that? Wouldn't you have been wiser to cut Jimmy Graham? You got $9 million to play with. Cordell's contract is $3 million. That leaves you with $6 million left. You could have gotten somebody better than Marquise Goodwin and De Demir Bird, these two backup wide receivers who rarely ha ha catch a pass. This good to me, good one's coming along a little bit, but I, your point—I mean, Bird's done nothing. But I, to, I'm going to defend Jimmy Graham on this one because it's not Jimmy's fault that they waited till Week Nine to utilize him. I mean, I don't know what the—I know he missed what a game, maybe two because of COVID, mm -hmm. but. This was the first time they've attempted. He had one catch before last night. It's not his fault that they haven't tried to use him in the end zone. That's that bald fuck head coach again who has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, so, but to your point, Patterson really wanted to stay with the Bears, and he told he told the whole world that yeah. over and over on Twitter that he wanted to be a Bear. So I get your point is to say, like, you know, I would even say, as we've all said, that maybe you could keep Kyle Fuller and let uh, Jimmy Graham go. But, yeah, it could have worked the other way with Patterson, too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the right answer is, but I don't blame Jimmy Graham. I think Graham's stats would be much better if he'd have been given opportunities. Well, absolutely. And I think that Matt Nagy didn't know how to properly use the guy. It's interesting that Dave Ragone is the offensive coordinator at Atlanta. So he knows how to use Cordero Patterson. So it, it, to me, it's just it, it, to me, it's an exhibit of Ryan Pace making bad personnel moves. You know, I mean, we're paying how many, how much money to backup quarterbacks? What is it? Nine oh, yeah. million to Nick Foles and ten million to Andy Dalton. That's wasted money that could be used on players like Cordero Patterson, who could be used on a left tackle, on who could be used at other positions of need. This is waste, waste. So, hey, real quick, let me let me tell you this. This comes. I'm a big Bill Walton fan. Mm -hmm. 
I thought Bill Walton was great when he was on the NBA and NBC as the uh, the the lead guy there doing uh, the playoffs and the finals. He was great. Uh, well, I guess he's great now uh, doing his thing for ESPN wherever they have him out at a college game or something. 2011, Bill, this is a Bill Walton tweet. Quote, Sarah Palin had an intimate relationship with Glenn Rice in the 80s. Rice tried to resist, but he was never one to stop anyone from scoring. <laughs> That's yeah, good. So uh, <laughs> the, the, this is from the New York Daily News in 2011. Sarah Palin hunted more than moose in Alaska. A new, bo- uh, new book claims she had a hoop. She and hoop star Glenn Rice had a bizarre, a bizarre NRA meets NBA one night stand. <laughs> That's gross. Man. She allegedly snorted uh, copious amounts of cocaine and cheated on husband Todd. <laughs> Anyway, oh gosh, Let's not I, kick I think it is time to unleash. Uh, what's the name of that character in Pulp Fiction? Was locked up. Oh, bring out the gimp. <laughs> time to bring out the gimp. Time to bring out the gimp. <laughs> ah, there he is, the gimp himself, otherwise known as John Santucci. How are you, brother? Oh, hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of Dan's uh, eloquent uh, introductions with the music production and stuff. It's... I've been in the background just listening and enjoying the enjoying the show and putting the comments up. Yeah, thank you for doing that. It allowed me to focus on uh, Dan Aguirre's uh, extensive recollection of what transpired in Pittsburgh. Always a treat. Uh, it, you know, I, I got hungry because they were talking about Chicago food. I saw that in the chat. <laughs> I, like I had to run and get a little snack. There you go. Good. I'm glad you got <laughs> back. Here's what I want to do, guys. Uh, I'm going to leave the show to you. If you guys can talk for the next 10, 15 minutes about the game or whatever you like, I want to take a look at that Colin Coward clip. And uh, and, and if it needs some editing, I'll uh, be back with an edited version of that and then pick up the conversation wherever you guys are at. Okay? All right. All right. Away I go. All right. So I have uh... – Mixed feelings about the game, of course. Uh, I'm on like a delay. My mouth is not moving at the same time. There we go. All right. And, uh, you know, at at the end of the game, when they kicked the 65-yard field goal, it looked like it had hit the crossbar below, and I thought that's like a perfect Matt Nagy ending, you know, where it just comes up so short. You know, we're three and six, uh, 33% win percentage. And I'll tell you, at, after nine weeks, it looked like the offense was finally starting to get going. But my biggest question, Dan, was why did it take nine weeks? Why does it always take so much time for a Matt Nagy team to get rolling? All right, I cannot hear Dan. So I, I, I'm monologuing. All right, uh, Swanky's in the chat room. He says, Hail Mary would have been better. I kind of agree with that because you get the, you have the, you have the chance of getting an offensive pass, or uh, you get to have a chance of getting a defensive pass interference, you know? So I, I, uh, I think we lost Dan. Yep. So I'm out here. It's just it's just the Toot show. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen that. But I'll tell you, uh, 
this was, of course, Justin Fields' best game. So if there was any doubts that we don't have a quarterback, that was all put to bed. Uh, I'll give you some stats here. Justin Fields completed 9 of 16 passes of 10-plus air yards for 225 yards and a touchdown. 10-plus, that's where the ball traveled 10 yards or more. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen uh, a Bears quarterback do that. I can't remember the last time when we saw a Bears quarterback do that. Let's take some other of your questions. Wondering why they didn't try for a defensive pass interference sooner in the drive. Good question. That's Matt Nagy. <laughs> uh, I saw you guys uh, talking in the chat room that uh, Matt Nagy's press conference day looked like he was told he still has a job. I'd have to agree with that. Uh, <laughs> I did not cut Dan on purpose. I don't know where Dan, Aldo left. Aldo left me here to to run the show, so I don't know where Dan is. Uh, let me see if I can get Dan back. Let's see. Ah, I can hear you. Okay, okay. I can't. I can't hear Dan Aguirre. So I was. I was by myself. Could everyone else hear me? Oh, he was an Aldo. Yeah, he. You weren't by yourself. Uh, okay. Let me see if I can figure out figure out what the technical issue is here. Hold on. Yeah, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> Did you? Okay. I could not hear Dan at all. Yeah, he says he's been here the whole time. I know. Poor Dan. You're, you're listening to me monologuing, probably trying to interject there, tell me to shut up. <laughs> no, I was just trying to like, no, I can, I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? I'm you're, here. I'm yeah. here. You don't, you don't hear him, huh? Uh, excuse me, John, you don't hear him? I hear him, yeah. I hear him now. <laughs> That's weird. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When, uh, when you yeah. came back, he came back. When you came, oh, maybe it's because of my absence. All right, so yeah. uh, I'll just leave that on, and you guys can continue. All right, sounds good. Don't remove any clothing. You're still on camera. <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me now, Tooch? Yeah, I can hear you now. Uh, okay, good. Yeah, did you hear my uh, 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 hear hear my uh, uh, stat regarding Justin Fields? Nine out of sixteen of ten plus air yards passing. You know his. Uh, he had nine passes of 10 plus yards. So, you know, the strong arm that was in evidence this weekend. I'm sure you, you, you had a, you had a good view of it from the game. Didn't it look, uh, look a little different this game. Yeah, he looks good, but ironically, it seemed like all the action was toward the opposite side of the field the whole night. Okay. Uh, but yes, uh, again, he looks good. And one of the things I said to your point earlier, when you couldn't hear me, I was saying that, you, you asked why does it take till week nine for his offense to show yes. up? And I say at each individual game, why is it, why does it take to the second half before they show up? There you go. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a, this team is so inconsistent. I did, and this is his fourth year of coaching this team. Um, you look at other teams around, around the league and they have that consistency, you know, just, they seem to find you know, the Buccaneers, the Patriots, the winning organizations that they're so disciplined. I mean, I know we had a lot of penalties, a lot of the refs, there was a lot of BS calls. I'm not going to deny that the, the taunting call was BS because it's so subjective. That rule that's in the rule book, it needs, it needs refinement in my opinion. Uh, 
And uh, I was listening to Aldo uh, and Danny Shimon and Tyler Ellis uh, on an earlier show. And Aldo said that uh, the NFL is rich enough to afford full-time referees. And, uh, man, I cannot agree more. They should have a full-time these guys are they, these guys have other jobs. They're like financial advisors, pharmaceutical salesmen. You know, they come out on Sunday and officiate an NFL game. I, I that blew my mind. Like it seems like Tony Correnti. Now again, you'll have to yeah. cross reference this. It's I agree. Like he was the head of officiating somewhere like the Pac-10 or whatever it's called. Is it the Pac-12? I don't know. I don't watch college football, but out west somewhere and was fired because of his uh, lack of successful officiating or whatever. It seems like he had to step down or go away because of poor performance in his job in college. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, uh, I think I, I was talking about this earlier today with a, with a friend. Um, the NFL should have uh, full-time officials and in the off season, maybe they come into work, you know, three out of five days. The other days they're, you know, physical fitness, conditioning, whatever. Uh, they're watching film. They're quizzed. They have, you know, and pay them, you know, a decent salary. There's no reason why these guys, you know, the NFL can't pay them a hundred grand a year to officiate a game. And then every call, I know, I know the teams can send in video complaints of the referees' calls during a game. You know, and the NFL office reviews it. The head of officiating reviews it. You know, that, that can all be worked into this uh, uh, crew of NFL officials. But having guys, you know, that it's not their full-time job be officials, it strikes me as unnecessary. I I agree with the point Aldo's made it on here numerous yeah. times as well. Uh, again, if you're going to have a superior product, then you, you just have to pay them to improve. And, and look, I'm not trying to be political when I say this. I know part of the reason that Tony Correnti will not get in trouble is because, and I'm not anti-union by any stretch, but I know because of their powerful union, nothing will happen to him. But that's the thing. Like, they should be docked on their performances as well. I'm not saying that you have to publicly come out and stone him, but whenever it's egregious to that point, like, dude, he should be calling the worst game of the week next week with the least amount of people watching it, like a regional game that nobody gives a shit about. You know, and he shouldn't be allowed to do the Bears games anymore either because he's got this long history of fucking the Bears in big games, but nobody knows that. Uh, I, I, I'm sure the Bears have probably sent complaints regarding him to the league office. And I'm not but, trying to insinuate that he goes into it thinking like, ah, I've been fucking the bears for two <laughs> decades and it will continue now. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy here. I'm just saying there always tends to, tends to be some unexplained or inexplainable kind of weirdness with every one of his games that he offici officiates with the bears. Yeah. Yep. The reputations there, the, the evidence it's all there. <laughs> Excuse me. I just I, every time I see him, I'm like, oh fuck, not him. <laughs> I told Aldo that last night. I swear, on my mom's grave. Before the game, I was like, oh no, Tony Correnti's the referee tonight. 
he can tell you when he comes back. I was like, this guy. <laughs> and he's like, man, you've got this amazing recall. But I was like, I, but I'm not wrong here. Nope. And for some reason, he, you know, he's one of the top rated guys or, you know, looked upon with favor by uh, the NFL, you know, as getting being one of the top crews or manning one of the top uh, NFL officiating crews. I'm just seeing a meme now that says, I'm calling yelling on the Bears. That'll be a loss of 10 points. It goes from the Bears to the Steelers. Also, first down from the Bears' five-yard line for Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, I, I tell you, though, I mean, there was a question. I forgot someone asked, asked a question in the chat room was, do I think A-Rob is here next year? And uh, I don't think so. I don't think A-Rob's here next year. But I, I don't know whether the coaches and, and uh, uh, the GM are here next year. I, I don't know. I, I, the Bears have never fired a head coach in midseason. Now, Mark Tressman lost 50-point games, gave up 50 points to back-to-back games, so kept his job. Yeah, he only, he only worked for the Bears, coached the Bears for two years. But, I mean, the Bears are starting a team uh, team uh, that fires coaches in midseason. Yeah, I understand that. I the, I was hoping against hope that they would just say something like, you know, my, my mom's pissed off again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> George famously said that about Virginia, that she was pissed off at those 50-point games that you just referenced. So, by God, she wants to make a move because, like all of us, we don't want yeah. to die before the Bears win again. That was the... That was the the word that Virginia was so upset, right? Of the back to back fifty point losses. My mom, said, George, came out and said, "Right, my mom's so upset." Oh, he said she was pissed off. That's a right. Quote. She was pissed off. Yeah, my mom's pissed off. You know, <laughs> I wish that she'd get pissed off now at this fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're if you're Virginia Hallis or McCaskey, you got to think I'm ninety eight. How many more seasons do I have? I mean, that's not even being dark or dour. I mean, she obviously wants to win one more before she goes. I mean, and we all want another one as Bear fans. So, I mean, let's try to get that for her. And how do you get that for her? You got to get Matt Nagy out of here. Yeah, I uh, like I said, we, you and I have said a lot, a lot of times I wanted him gone after two years. We'd be we'd be two years closer into. Uh, a rebuilding process, you know, but look, look, pace. A lot of people say Ryan pace has drafted so well, you know, and he, he's hit on some good players, but he hasn't put together a winning roster though. You know, he just hasn't put together an, a good offensive line. The defense it's okay. But right now it's, you know, it's on the, on the downswing. Going down, and down you know down. he's going to have his press conference this week where he actually talks, but he's not going to say anything. He's he's like yeah. Matt Nagy, where he comes out and gives these long-winded answers that don't answer the questions that he's been asked. Yeah, they never say anything. They never say anything, whether it's Pace or Nagy. It's all a bunch of hot air. Uh, the best way for them to say anything is to put a winning product on the field, get to the playoffs. And this is the third straight year now where they've had this excessive losing streak. Again, I think it was what four or five games two years ago, six last right. year, and now we're now we're at four this year. 
and you're yep. looking at the Ravens coming in, and also the very lovely Heidi coming in for that game uh, to oh. Chicago to watch that. He- Heidi Zimmerman, shout out to her. Yep. But I, uh, I mean, maybe we beat Baltimore. Look, Minnesota played them well, uh, and it's at home. But still, I mean, on paper, we're not supposed to win. We're not. We're going to be underdogs. Right here, we got the factor. We had a five-game losing streak then on paper. Yeah, yeah. I, people are saying, uh, or, uh, Greg Gabriel said the team is still playing hard for Matt Nagy. I mean, uh, the undisciplined penalties. You know, I know uh, they were called 16 times for penalties, and only 12 of them, you know, were enforced. But uh, that kind of that kind of bad discipline doesn't. It shouldn't be around after four years in a program. It's just how many times can they line up offsides? I don't mean like, oh, you yeah. tried to make a play and you jumped offside because you thought you had the snap count. They line up offsides. Yep. Like, who does that other than the Bears consistently uh, consistently lining up offsides? It's like, dude, I mean, and, and uh, something no one else has said yet, and we probably all thought it is I saw Eddie Goldman standing there a few times last night. Is he just. He might as well just retired. Is he just not going to do anything? Eddie Goldman? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, yeah. Like, I, I just would see him doing nothing on the field every time he's there. I mean, I I, I, I wasn't focused on him, but see, I seem to remember him having a pretty good game. I, uh, you know, he, he, he was, he's been a force in the middle. I, well, maybe I've seen it from the stands. Then I, I kept seeing Quinn making plays. And I didn't see Eddie doing shit. I haven't seen him do anything all season. Well, I mean, he, he did take last year off, didn't he? <laughs> right? Yeah. I feel like he's taking this year off too. Yeah, I, I want to go back to like pacing his draft picks. Uh, he does find these guys like fifth round, Mooney and Larry Borum. Larry Borum had a, has had two good weeks in a row where he, you know, he last night held a, a TJ Watt to, you know, pretty much a Watt got his one sack. Of course, TJ Watt, one of uh, a few players, he, he reached 60 career sacks in 69 games. Uh, there's only three players who've, who've done it faster in fewer games. That's Reggie White, Derek Thomas, and JJ Watt, you know, all probably hall of famers. I mean, Reggie White, Derek Thomas already in there. J.J. Watt, probably a Hall of Famer. Uh, but uh, uh, in the week before, you know, uh, he held up, he held his own on the line uh, against Joey Bosa. So you have uh, have uh, two good weeks for Larry Borum, you know. But uh, Ryan Pace has neglected the offensive line for so long. Finally, we're getting some players in there. But... Uh, uh, we got Joe. We got Joe Mandel in the in the chat room, Danny. Ah, he says I uh, to meet Joe when I was in Chicago. Right, I know he didn't. He get was uh, in Michigan with the family thing. Right, Dalvin Cook's attorney released a statement on the assault suit filed against him today. We have not covered that today. I did not know uh, that was going on. But uh, as far as uh, the plays. Uh, what struck me was that Justin Fields, man, made some just great throws and stuff. I, I, I mean, you talk the, the the pass to Darnell Mooney in the you know coming across the end zone. Uh, Jimmy Graham's the touchdown that was called back. 
great throw and catch. Uh, Allen Robinson on the sidelines. Man, some of these catches, you, those are those, I, I thought I was thinking to myself watching the game, like those are plays that Aaron Rodgers makes. You know, I hate to use the comparison, but uh that's what you want to you want a quarterback quarterback that can make those plays. You just don't want the douche that comes with it, you know. Exactly. But you'll be happy to know that uh, the NFL fined him as a token amount. They fined the Packers organization three hundred thousand dollars today for uh, violating the league's COVID protocols after an investigation, wherein Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard were also filed, fined fourteen thousand six hundred fifty dollars. But I guarantee he won't pay it. He will not pay it. <laughs> Someone else will pay it for him in the Packers organization. He won't pay it. Right. Right. Uh, other than that, uh, I got to tell you, when I was first watching the game, it looked like Cairo Santos's field goal like hit the crossbar, you know, the bottom crossbar. But watch. Yeah, in, that's in, all we uh, needed was another doink. Right. That's what I was saying. That's like, that's so naggy. That's what I thought. I was like, it's a perfect ending for the game for a, a naggy coach football team. Bad for the fans. And, you know, just typical naggy. Trying a 65-yard field goal that, you know, you get a doink on the crossbar. It just misses. We need a coach that doesn't just miss. You know, Matt Nagy is so bad as a coach. I honestly believe if he's fired, the only shot he has of maintaining a position in the National Football League is if Andy Reid, just because he loves him so much, gives him another shot. I don't think anybody else will touch him for anything. Not, not even the fucking yeah. tight ends coach. I, I don't okay. think he's going to be a, a coordinator ever again, unless it's with Andy Reid. Yeah. I, he's not a head coach. He, I, he's barely a coordinator and he's not a good coordinator. I just, it was a bad hire. You know, the guy, I like, like I said, it's that uh, the, after a year or two, I heard it went, you know, I, he has a phony laugh to me. Matt Nagy. I'm like, then, you know, the first year he had Jordan Howard, uh, he never got Jordan Howard going. He's like, he, you'd hear him on the sidelines. I promise I'm going to get you going. He never did. He, he'd run the ball seven times in a half, you know, Just Jordan Howard never had a chance yeah. to, to get rolling. He didn't use any of your weapons. He doesn't put players in position uh, for their strengths, you know, to use the their strengths. Got a question, Dan, do you think the bears will still make the playoffs from the factor one? I mean, they're going to have to start stacking some games to get back into it. But you've, in theory, you've got Detroit coming up, which I, I, for one, never consider them an automatic win because they're very similar to us. And so, and plus, it'll be at their place on Thanksgiving, which right. we've done well recently at. But you got Detroit, you got another pack, a Packers game, you've got two with Minnesota, and then you've got what? Let's see, Baltimore and uh, Seattle. Is that it? Did I leave a game out? We've got Seattle still, uh, Baltimore, uh, the Lions. Yeah, the, the Vikings. Lions, Packers, Minnesota twice. Another, yep, Packers. Um, I mean, you're yeah. going to have to win five or six more games somewhere. And on paper, I'm not sure that they're there, but fuck the paper. Let's go. Let's try to get some games. Like I could see them sweeping Minnesota. Minnesota's not overwhelmingly daunting. I could see them beating Detroit. And maybe, maybe you steal one from Green Bay finally. I don't know. But even if they don't, you could win three more games there. Yeah, we have the Giants and and Cardinals and, the Giants, and Seahawks. The Giants yep. is a winnable game. 
Who knows what Seattle will be doing? I know Russell Wilson's coming back, but that game is like week 17. Who's to say he's not hurt again? Or maybe maybe they'll be so far behind. Maybe they're not playing for anything. So that might be a winnable game despite the what you would think of as um, an arduous trip out to Seattle with the 12th man and all that shit. But saying they do have some winnable games. I mean, on paper, it looks the Baltimore one looks tough, but we've won the last few against them. But we had won three in a row versus Pittsburgh as well. The Green Bay one's tough, but all the other ones in there look like, you know, maybe they can win them. But the defense has to play better. They've got to get some pressure, and they can't just let the other quarterback just stand there. I don't care what anybody says. You have to take some opportunity. The way we are criticizing the offense for not, well, maybe we should have thrown a Hail Mary. Well, maybe the defense should try to blitz some. You know, I'm sorry. You can't just let a guy who can't move and Ben Roethlisberger. And Ben is going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's not anymore. Like, Father Time, whatever Brady's doing, whatever dick he's sucking, like the devil's dick, whatever, <laughs> like, to stay so young, that hasn't helped. That has not happened for Ben. Ben can't move. So you go after him and put his ass, big ass on the ground, but they didn't even try. And uh, you're going to have to play better defense. I mean, you have to say the offense did enough last night to win. It was the defense who let us down, uh, coupled with the officials. But for God's sakes, get a stop. They San Francisco didn't punt one time the week before. Not once. Yeah, it was a winnable game last night for sure. And so was San Francisco. They should have won that. Hey, guys, I got Zaldo breaking back. news. Yeah. yeah. Adam Schefter is reporting that Minnesota Vikings running back Dalvin Cook is the victim of domestic abuse and extortion. There's pending litigation, according to his agent, Zach Hiller. Have you guys heard this story? Yeah, I saw on Twitter we were about to go on air. I don't know who allegedly abused him. I thought, damn, was he beaten by a woman? But, I mean, that's not fair for me to even to think that. But Well, I, I got the information here. Uh, and now this woman is, is suing him, and this is kind of the response. This is from... Dalvin Cook's attorney. The evening of November 19th, 2020, U.S. Military Sergeant First Class Graceland Trimble broke into the home of Dalvin Cook and assaulted him and his two house guests. Sergeant Trimble and her attorneys are now attempting to extort him for millions of dollars. While Mr. Cook and Sergeant Trimble had a short term relationship over several months, she became emotionally abusive, physically aggressive, and confrontational and reportedly attempted to provoke Mr. Cook. Sergeant Trimble damaged his vehicle on at least two occasions, assaulted him, and attempted to stop him from seeing other women. The state of Minnesota applies the castle doctrine as it pertains to self-defense, which means when an intruder enters your home, you have the rights to defend yourself and your family or guests. The right to self-defense includes the use of deadly force based on the nature of the perceived threat. Almost a year ago, on November 19th, Sergeant Trumbo unlawfully and without the consent or knowledge of Mr. Cook entered his residence and um, and started to uh, destroy property, blah, 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 blah. So anyways, I can go on here, but apparently there was a hostage situation. Sergeant Trumbo tried to, again, assault a female guest of Mr. Cook and blah, blah, blah. What a messy, messy, messy story this thing is. Holy cow. Yeah, I I mean, I don't wish that on anybody. Oof. I mean, not even Rogers. Well, I'm I'm surprised that you said that because, because apparently a lot of people are wishing it on Aaron Rodgers. Well, Cook can't do anything in that situation, even if the yeah. lady's a badass and is 
a member of the military and is trained and cut and everything else in shape. Like if he hits the woman, then you know, then he's Ray Rice basically. Yeah, fourth. He can't. He's not allowed to hit her, but if she's fucking him up, I mean, because she's a trained badass. I mean, he he's in a lose lose situation. Yes, he is. So four thousand clover says she sounds like a keeper. <laughs> yeah, she sounds like the. She should have been playing the the girl Terminator in Terminator Three. You've had relationships like that, right, Dan? No, I haven't. I've had some women lie and shit. I've never had anyone like try to bulk up and beat my ass. And I've never hit a woman either, so there's never been any domestic abuse in any way. I wasn't accusing you of that. No, no, but there's never been on really on the other side either is what I'm saying. So thankfully, no, I haven't been in the middle of any shit like that. And by the way, thanks to uh, Joe Mandel who sent me that information. It's a fascinating story, and what Joe is most concerned about is how that's going to hurt his fantasy value. Right, Tooch? Now we can't hear Tooch. Tooch is muted. That's why. Oh, exactly. Yep, Joe. <laughs> Joe probably has Dalvin Cook on uh, 10 of his 100 fantasy teams. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can't keep up with my one team, and he's got 100 teams. <laughs> All right. I did edit together this Colin Coward thing. It's very long, so I, I, I trimmed it down to four minutes, and I, I – I thought what he was saying about Justin Fields was interesting. So there's about a minute of that. And then three minutes on him talking about poor, poor Aaron Rodgers. Here it goes. Justin Fields averaged 17 yards per completion, more than any quarterback in this league. Okay, that's big boy quarterback. That's throwing the ball down the field. That's not Trubisky tricks, smoke and mirrors, all that nonsense that fools people into believing a dude can play. By the way, Jordan Love, 10 yards of completion. And that's with a better receiving core. That's with a better offensive line. That's with an offensive coach that everybody thinks is great. So do the Bears have the right coach? I like Maggie Nagy more than you, but I don't know. Do the Bears have the right GM? I got my doubts. But you have the quarterback. Well, Colin, it's just one game. No, it's not. If you, We've all watched these music shows, American Idol, The Voice, it doesn't take long to spot big-time talent. You can see a hack, and you can see a star, you know, eight seconds, 15 max. Would you rather be Pittsburgh this morning that got a win but has a dinosaur quarterback with no succession plan? Or would you rather lose that game, have a losing record, and know for the next 12 years? <laughs> You're watching what's happening to Aaron in Green Bay. I got my guy for 10, 12 years. I'll take that every day of the week. They found their guy. By the way, he's doing it with a bad offensive line. He's doing it with a coach you're not sure you trust. Against a great defense, wasn't a lot of smoke and mirrors, man. It was just make the throws. We're not going to trick people. Make the throws. And he did. Almost enough. Well, here's the latest story from people.com. That's Hollywood. It's just down the street. Uh, a source close to Roger says the um, he is unhappy with all the criticism. He's now, quote, being crucified for it. Um, he knew some people would disagree with him, but people he thought were friends are turning on him. Oh, that's interesting. His friends. You mean the ones he ghosts when they don't placate and defend him at every turn? I've known multiple people through the years that thought they were friends with Aaron. And he ghosts them when they don't defend him. Yes, being a friend of Aaron has always worked one way. It's about Aaron. 
so shocking this morning that his friends turn on him. Maybe they're embarrassed by him. This article also suggests Aaron may retire. That I have no idea. But he did say he was 50-50 right before the season, so I wouldn't put anything past him. But this is how Aaron has always seen the world. I am the sun, everything revolves around it. He compared himself to MLK. Oh my. And he feels crucified. You mean like Jesus? If Peyton Manning stepped in it, or let's use an example recently, Drew Brees stepped in it. He got pounded for a day, and then people started lining up. White teammates, black teammates, coaches, front office, broadcasters. People started lining up behind Drew Brees. Why? Because Drew Brees doesn't call out his franchise for 20 minutes. Drew Brees has worked his entire life to build relationships. So when he stepped in it, and by the way, we all do. It's hard. You have to build friendships. And friendships are even. And a friend can disagree with you. And a friend can be critical of you. And you don't ghost them. That's how friendships, real friendships, work. Not in Hollywood, of course, where people pretend to be something, like maybe your friend. Aaron's big in Hollywood. But we all step in it. And Aaron stepped in it. But now he can't figure out why he doesn't have this alliance of people that are there to defend him. Where have you built it? He spent 20 minutes calling out Remember that press conference? Calling out the Packers front office. Shocker, Aaron, they're not here to put their arms around you today. I said it when he said it. Would Brady do that? Would Peyton Manning do that? Would Eli Manning do that? Would Drew Brees do that? I mean, I, I understand Russell Wilson gets mad at his franchise, but the minute Seattle made a couple of moves, we joked on this show. He was back to, go Hawks, I love my team. I love my coach. I love my GM, Mr. Optimism. With Aaron, it's passive-aggressive shots at coaches, it's calling out the front office, it's ghosting friends, and surprise, when you step in it, nobody's there for you. Wow. Powerful stuff. I'll tell you what's even more powerful, and I'm so glad there are no women with me in the room. Last <laughs> night after the game, Sylvester had me eat some of his chili. <laughs> Jesus, I thought you were going to say his ass or something. No, man, his fucking chili beans. Like, I've had to mute the mic over and over and over because I'm like, damn, another fart? Another fart? Another fart? I've been farting since 8 p.m. Eastern. I mean, I can't stop at this point. Thank God there are no women here. Uh, I had a bad case the other day. I was farting from 8 a.m. to about midnight, man. It was awful. I wish I could just shit or something to make it go away. Yeah. King Zing is asking, what the, did Breeze step into? What, what was that situation about? Oh, yeah, he made a reference that was talking about before the season about how, like, he loved the flag because his grandfather fought D-Day or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're like, man, that's cool, but you're not acknowledging, like, what's happening to African Americans today by romanticizing about a war that's almost 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, like, you should be able to empathize with your teammates a little bit more. but. Uh, he apologized, and like you know, like Colin said, his team was like, no, 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 he 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 misspoke, and they defended him, and 
said that he's not a bad guy. He's not a racist in any way. So that's the point Colin was making is that no one's out here like, oh, God, Aaron's so misunderstood because he's not. He's just a fucking dick. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do. I, this is the softy, the, the bleeding heart liberal in me, I guess. I just sort of feel sorry for Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Not, I don't. I, I know. You fucking hate him. I mean, you you, you would put a knife in his chest if, if, if it prevented him, prevented him from entering the field in a Packers Jersey, right? <laughs> no, I would, I wouldn't necessarily wish someone else. No, no, I don't want to say like I'm inspiring violence. No. <laughs> I made a joke about the 1993 French open in case you all don't know, Monica Sellis, uh, was stabbed there by a fan of Steffi Groff, That's right. which isn't funny, but it's oh. just like, wow. Like, you're going to beat Steffi. I'm going to come stab you. So uh, I made the joke when we were at the game. I was like, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed if someone just said, fuck you, Aaron, and then a Monica Sellers. But it's a joke. It's a joke. Uh, well, but, man, isn't it isn't it sad that the guy has no self-awareness of himself, that he's alienated practically everybody you know he's had a lot of high profile beautiful women that he's had relationships with and a high profile male relationship <laughs> that, that is right he uh, apparently lived uh with a green bay packers administrative assistant i believe it was and uh kevin somebody yeah and they lived together for a while and then when aaron moved out that person went public and said you know a bunch of things about i'm missing my love but yeah, the, but he said the main thing was that when what was his name, Michael Sam, uh, that was drafted yes. by the Rams and was uh, out as a homosexual, the guy from Missouri, yes. Now, allegedly, according to Kevin Rogers, told him that whole summer that he was going to come out as bisexual and tell everybody that they were dating uh, because it was like politically, you know, the thing to do because Michael Sam and like so he wouldn't just be standing there with his dick in his hand. And then when he didn't do that, that's when they broke up. And then Rogers ghosted him. Oh. And so interesting how often Colin used that word, ghosted. Uh, he ghosted his own parents. Yeah, that's the sad thing. I learned about that by watching The Bachelor. His brother, Jordan Rogers, was on, and they had you know several episodes where they addressed that, that basically he ghosted the family and it's come out afterwards that it had to do with religious reasons that the family was very religious. Tooch, you're you're, uh, you're laughing. Why are you laughing? Teach. Two questions. The question here, here, and then the answer. <laughs> okay. Um, the question was, what what are we missing to be a legit? consistent playoff team and then pj responds to coach <laughs> um but that's good totally yeah, and, and, and probably very true let's get back to the subject of the bears because that's the much more important thing do you think that with this roster in 2022 that a different head coach could get this uh, team to the playoffs. Obviously, there's going to be some changes to the roster, but the basic nucleus being the same. You're going to have Khalil Mack. You're going to have uh, Justin Fields, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What do you guys think? Do you think that, uh, or do you think this team needs an overhaul because too many key members of the team are aging? 
who's going first? I, I didn't want to step on two or three was going, I'll jump in since I got the mic on. Uh, I think regardless of who the coach is, they need to do something in the secondary and they've got to work on the offensive line, but you can address that with the new general manager with a, a, a kind, the kind of draft overnight, like the 83 bears draft where you just build your fucking championship in one draft, essentially mm-hmm. not saying that that can happen all the time, but you might be able to get a real offensive line and some corner help or safety help with the right general manager making the right picks. So I think if there's some way you keep Khalil Mack, despite a salary cap uh, number next year, and you know, the defense can hang in there and you get some help on the back end and, and, and you block better then maybe they could win. Why not? Cause I think, and again, I could be wrong, but I honestly think Rogers is gone after this year with green Bay. That and then seems to it's be the back consensus. to life, back to reality. Like that song from eight. What was that? So who sung that song from like 1990? Back to uh, reality. I know the song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the back to life, back to reality for the fucking Packers fans. Uh, you get, I don't want to like put my mouth and uh, foot in my mouth and Jordan love be the next hall of famer, but I don't think so. <laughs> King Zing says Supreme court may shoot down vaccination mandate. Then what happens to Rogers? I guess he's fucked. One of the things Colin said, and I think I might have edited it out, is that Rogers says that he's contemplating uh, retiring, that he would he would go there. He told People Magazine that. So, do you think he's bullshitting again? Because he certainly he's of course said, he is. Yeah, right. He, he got, wants roses thrown at his feet at all times, like he's Eddie Murphy on Coming to Fucking America. Yeah. Now that he didn't get that Jeopardy job, he's he's got nothing. And his commercial endorsements are drying up because people are are starting to drop him. There weren't any Aaron Rodgers State Farm commercials this weekend. There are some hospital company that does had an endorsement deal with him dropped his ass. Of course, you know, he's he's not recommending you go to the hospital to get a vaccine. He's he's rec- recommending you smoke some herbs or some shit like that. That also happened to Kirk Cousins. That's right. That, that's right. It happened uh, earlier this season too. So, anyways, I want to get the uh, Tuch's comments on what do you think about this roster? You think a new coach can come in? Let's say if you could get your dream coach to come in and coach the Bears, you think that there still needs to be major additions on the roster, which you don't have a lot of resources to get those major additions. Well, I think I think a new coach could definitely get more wins with the talent we have on this roster. That's, you know, that wouldn't be hard, uh, but the, there there are some some aging veterans whose, you know, best playing days are probably, you know, behind them. You know, that aren't aren't gonna be uh, uh, contributing as much in the past, and maybe it's time to replace them with younger talent. But I agree with Dan. I mean, one good draft, uh, and, and you could, you know, turn this ship around mm-hmm. uh, so say but, uh, you, you you definitely need to get rid of the head coach and probably the gm mm-hmm. that's just my thought I, I i don't think uh i don't think either of these coaches were prepared for the roles that they were given by the bears uh, upper management you don't you think know? john fox was prepared uh i'm talking about matt Nagy and ryan pace oh, okay yeah, the Blues Brothers. <laughs> right. Neither of them were, were prepared uh, for the roles that they were given by, you know, the uh, Bears management. 
Matt Nagy wasn't ready to be a head coach. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he he was ready. I don't think he's an off. I don't think he's a coordinator even. I, yeah, I mean, he he really isn't. Uh, he called six games for the Kansas City Chiefs. He had some good results on those games, but the key game, the playoff game, he totally, totally screwed that screwed that up. Yeah. So I, 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 uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how he got the job. You know, I always go back to saying that, like, Ryan Pace says, well, our, our wives got along really good. You know, <laughs> that might have been the deciding factor. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ryan Pace, uh, he'd never been a GM at any level. In fact, I think he was the youngest of all the candidates. Wow. You know that that were uh, that were interviewed by the Bears, um, and then uh, as far as Aaron Rodgers, I, I, you said something like, uh, if, "I wonder if he had gotten that Jeopardy gig, if he would have come back this year." <laughs> you know, he doesn't need the money. That's that's for sure. You know, he probably could make uh, a, a comfortable living doing Jeopardy. You know, mm-hmm. and not have to put his body through all the hits. You know, the the punishment, uh, getting ready for the season and stuff, but. Uh, Rogers, I think, I think would benefit from a change of scenery. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know if green, I don't know if green Bay would, would, uh, would want him to leave. I, I, because I don't think Jordan love is any answer behind him, but I, I think of like, or if Aaron Rodgers were to go somewhere, New Orleans would be a great spot. You know, they don't have a good, oh, they don't have a good quarterback, but I think and, he can and- really thrive there with Sean Payton. And Pittsburgh apparently uh, is in the hunt for perhaps I should say is in the yeah. hunt for Rodgers. We'll see. Denver too. Denver. Yeah, Denver would be another good spot. Yep. So there's good teams out there that uh, you know Rodgers could maybe win a win a ring uh, because they might have better coaches and better uh, roster than the Packers currently do. By the way, Chubbs has uh, made us aware that there's breaking news. I'll go to Chubbs' favorite news website, CNN.com. <laughs> the, <laughs> the NFL issued fines to the Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers and receiver Alan Lazard after its review found the team and its two players did not follow league COVID-19 protocols. The Packers were fined $300,000, while Rodgers and Lazard were each fined, drumroll please, $14,650, according to the discipline schedule negotiated ne- negotiated by the NFL and NFL Players Association. So basically, yeah. that says a slap in the wrist for Aaron Rodgers, and life goes on. Did, did Chubbs just get here? Because uh, Dan and I talked about this while you were out, the fines and stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, well, Tooch actually broke that stuff. news. <laughs> Tooch, you're the man. Why didn't you interrupt me? I'm only here reading shit you guys already know. I just like to hear you talk. Uh, my sexy yeah, my point on that one, Aldo, I said someone from the Green Bay organization will pay that fine. Aaron, yeah. Aaron Rodgers will not. See, yep. I, don't, I don't know if that's true because according to Coward, you know, he's burned so many bridges. I mean, that passive-aggressive approach that he took toward, towards Packers – management during the offseason i think they're saying fuck you dude we're sick of you you're you know you just cost us three hundred thousand dollars i'm gonna pay your fucking fifteen thousand dollar fine i don't know i don't know 
And how about the fact he hasn't won anything in 11 seasons? Yeah, I mean, you know, well, and and I don't blame that solely on him. You know, they he's played bad in those championship games, with the exception of the Seattle one, which was fluky for them to lose. Yes, exactly. That game was a victory. You got to thank Julius Peppers and that big, big ass tight end who who went for that onside kick. I forgot his name. God bless him. That's the best thing Julius ever did outside of Carolina. Yes, exactly. I would love to remember the name of that tight end. He goes that his assignment was to block the guy from the opposing team who's rushing towards towards the uh, loose ball. That was his job. But instead, he sees the ball. He goes up for it, hits his fingertips, live ball on the ground, and uh, the Seahawks recover the onside kick. They tie the game, goes into overtime, and the Packers are eliminated from the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers' dream of the second Super Bowl ring is forever gone. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> As do I. <laughs> All right. Have you guys talked about movies or anything? Uh, should we cease talking sports for a minute? Uh, uh, we, we would like to. I would like to. The Bears are on a bye this week. That is correct. And right? then the Ravens, correct. So uh, we, we won't be able to uh, to uh, unless Matt Nagy does something stupid over the bye week. We, we won't have anything to rip him about. This well, is uh, I'm sure there'll be some stupid. <laughs> the bye week is is one Matt Nagy can win. Just it's not about. But uh, yeah, if you guys want to talk movies, I'll be here for that too. Well, and, and just you know, I know that I'm I'm a delirious, delirious Bears fan. Uh, if this offense starts to play well, and somebody on the Greg Gabriel show, I forgot who it was, said in the chat, did you notice how the defense started playing better once the offense started playing better? And I and, and I think that's that's true. I think that the defense was inspired by the play of Justin Fields, and they locked down the clamps on, on pretty much on the Steelers in the second half. So what happens if – and I got the old schedule here. I didn't put the L on the Steelers game. But what happens if they come back and they beat the shit out of the Ravens at Soldier Field? Four days later, Thanksgiving, they beat the shit out of the Detroit Lions. Who knows? Maybe on week 13, Kyler Murray is still not back. And they beat the shit out of the Cardinals at Soldier Field. Then they got the Packers game in Green Bay. Wouldn't it be time? For the Bears to beat Green Bay in Green Bay, I mean, if they if they come back out of the bye, they could potentially win six games and get into the playoffs with a ten and six record. What do you guys think? Is am I am I drinking too much? The answer to that is yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have, are, are so pessimistic, both of you guys. I don't mean to be. I just I mean. You, you, <laughs> It's a use a cliche. You got to put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> you got to win one first before you win. The yeah, second. let's let's just try to beat Baltimore. Let's just try yeah. to get through the uh, Ryan Pace conference, which he'll do exactly like Nagy and not say anything. Mm-hmm. Baltimore isn't invincible. I, I, I totally agree. It's not like their their defense is not the old Ravens defense, right? And you know with. With proper scheming, so you, you want to talk about a guy you're not going to blitz a lot, uh, Dan? I don't think they would be uh, blitzing Lamar Jackson with his speed because you miss him and he's gone. You're going to keep seven guys back. You got to get to him with a four-man rush. They don't have great receivers outside of Marquise Brown. 
Um, so I don't know. As their radio announcer calls him over and over and over, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown. How? Why? Why Hollywood? Is he from L.A.? I have no fucking idea. Their announcers suck, and I, I was think he is from L.A. Him. But I was trying to listen to that game uh, when I was driving on Sunday, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Well, let me go." The- no, I can't listen to Minnesota's announcer. I hate that Paul Allen guy. And Baltimore's uh, their announcers suck too, so I couldn't listen. Mudmuck uh, Theo Journal says we have the ability to beat everybody, uh, any every one of those teams. It's just the coaching. And Stephen, oh, De- I agree with that. Stephen Degishi says I've been drinking. <laughs> so he's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I I I am still on a high. Uh, that game to, uh, yesterday was so emotional for me. I, so many ups and so many downs, but the the feeling I got most of today was being so optimistic about Justin Fields. I don't see why he couldn't really generate some explosion in the second half with the offense and the bears could consistently start scoring 24 to 27 points and the defense hold teams to, you know, 17 to 21 points. Uh, I, I think that's possible guys, but I'm not going to convince you. So let's talk about movies. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not opposed. I was kind of saying that earlier mm-hmm. uh, when you were uh, working on the, the you cut for Cowherd mm-hmm. was to say, you know, we were breaking down the schedule. I was like, you know, you got the giants. You never know how Seattle's going to be real late in the year. When you go out there, you got the giants, you got Detroit, right. you got Minnesota two times. I mean, there are some games on the paper that you should be able to win. The point, the problem is you're three games out, right? Under 500 right now. Mm. Chubbs is saying that uh, his neighbors think he and his son are crazy because they were screaming loud as fuck. I, w- I went crazy on that touchdown pass. Chubbs, how old is your son? Um, uh, not that I'm going to stalk you or anything. I just was interested in knowing. But, yeah, man, I don't know, guys. I wish you guys were as excited about as hopeful as I am. I just feel like this this is the turning point. And what would you There's, would you sacrifice Matt Nagy being fired if the Bears could somehow squeeze into that final wild card spot? Not if it means they're going to play dreadfully the way they did against the Saints last year where they don't even show up. Yeah. So if if we made the playoffs, Matt Nagy gets to keep his job basically, right? I think so. I think it's really hard to fire him, make the playoffs three out of four years, and they fire him. What coach would want to come over here? That's a great point. I mean, you look, the last two weeks, the scoring has been up. They scored, what, 27 points this week, last week against the 49ers. What, they have 22, 24? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, before that, we were scoring, what, 17, 14 a game. So, but I had said earlier while you were out, uh, although, why did it take to week nine? To get to get there, you know why is it? See, but I, I have a simple solution to that. It's a rookie quarterback. That's why Matt Nagy desperately wanted Andy Dalton to play because he felt like yeah. all of that stuff that Justin has been learning the first few weeks, how to recognize blitzes, how to recognize yeah. different defensive coverages, all those things. That hey, you know, you if you're going to be honest, you got to admit that Justin Fields did not play well for a number of those games. Yeah, Boomer Esiason said the same thing, I think, right? Exactly. What is so promising now 
is in that second half, he he played flawlessly, flawlessly. And he showed the type of promise that his progression could explode now. And maybe, the, you know, the fact that it happened right before the bye week is a great thing. He said, to, he said yesterday, I'm going to take a few days off, regenerate my body, and then come back to work. Again, the guy says all the right things when it comes to preparation and, and, and mental attitude and so forth. So I just feel like there's a chance here, man. I, 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 I watch these games with the desire of let's win every fucking game. And if we can't, then let's fire the coach. <laughs> there's a big disparity there. Well, I, there's, all, there's that question in the background, too, of like, uh, who's calling the plays now? Is it Matt Nagy or Bill Lazor? I know, like, we're supposed yeah. to believe it's Bill Lazor, right? I, I think it is. I think it is. I was saying that earlier. I, I, I think at this point, Nagy knows that if he interferes with either the offensive or defensive call, uh, play calling and he loses, that's just more ammunition for the people at Hallis Hall. And there are some who want him gone. And the alumni association who are constantly in George McCaskey's ear and want Nagy's gone, Nagy's gone. And that's basically all the alumni. They, they're fed up with this guy. So I think that he's kind of happy being the rah-rah guy on the sideline, being in all the meetings and saying, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. And, 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 you know, and managing the clock on Sundays. I think, I think he's satisfied for that because that it'll mean him, you know, not having to pack his bags. What do you think, Dan? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like one way or the other, he's going to want credit for this. Anything that happens positively, he wants credit for anything that happens negative. It's not his fault. Well, I, you know, Hey, if we win, shouldn't it, shouldn't it be some of his, his, you know, shouldn't he get some credit? That I mean, yeah, that's an arguable point for sure. For certain. I mean, if he's smart enough to keep his hands out of the cookie jar, meaning calling plays and, and other important decision-making, if he's smart enough to do that, then he deserves some credit. And if the players go out and play hard, isn't that important Tooch? Yeah. If only he had, he had done that his first or second year. You know, where he was just, but if he had just been a head coach, I agree with you. You know, Trubisky instead of waiting until his fourth year to, to do head coach things, do what a head coach is supposed to do rather mm -hmm. than trying to do everything. Yep. I think Trubisky might still be here. They might, they might have picked up his fifth year option. Yeah. But that remains but, to be seen. All right. Let's but, talk to movies, guys. What have you guys seen? What do you guys like? What do you guys want to share with others? Uh, Tooch, let's start with you. What do you got? Well, I just saw the Tom Hanks movie called Finch on Apple TV, and uh, I enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, Tell us what, Tom, what it's about. Uh, Tom Hanks, uh, he, uh, there, there was some sort of, I don't know whether it was a nuclear war or whatever happens, but he lives in, he lives in his workplace where he worked. He was a, a robotics and artificial intelligence mm -hmm. uh, engineer. Uh, it, it makes it seem like he was kind of like the old man of the staff. He programmed, you know, uh, programmed artificial intelligence, robots, robotics. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he, he lives uh, in his workplace, you know, has like, you know, a kitchen and shower and stuff where he lives. It's a big office building. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's got a dog and a little tiny robot and they go out scavenging. The little robot picks up stuff for him off the ground stuff. And the, 
everything's radioactive, so he wears a suit, and the sun will burn your skin and stuff. So he's like, oh, there's, there's danger out there. And he's got a little dog, and he knows uh, he knows he's dying, and uh, he builds a, a you know a, a, a robot helper like larger than the little rover that he had, mm-hmm. and uh, with the intent to take care of his dog after he passes away. I know it sounds stupid, but it's the the big robot's like a big child, mm-hmm. you know, and it's he's like teaching it stuff, you know, and it's funny. I mean, there's like some funny moments where the the robot does like stuff where you're like a bad kid, stuff like it learns and stuff, you know, it's very fast. And, I have know, not it, even heard of this movie. Okay. Have, you, have you heard about it, Dan? I have not, but I sent you a text. I want you to see if you could. Oh, this is secret stuff. And it, you know, it's one of those movie feel good movies and stuff, and you know, it was all right. It was wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. Mm-hmm. But that's the last movie I have seen. What about you, Dan? Have you seen anything worthwhile? Uh, I watched an old horror movie right around Halloween that I had never seen before uh, from 71. And I saw like the, like Stephen King, uh, somebody else, like with not, maybe not Tarantino, but somebody else, like, you know, a prominent person in film said that it was like their favorite horror movie. And that it scared them. And I was like, well, fuck, man. Maybe it's David Lynch. Uh, now that I look at Wikipedia. But it's called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Yeah, you sent me that. I actually saw the, the trailer to that. It looked good. Yeah, it was it was fairly good. Uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. Um, are you going to watch it? Uh, probably, but go ahead. I don't mind the spoilers. Well, you, you don't know the whole time. Um what his, uh, you know, is she nuts? You know, it's, and you're, you don't know, they're actually vampires, but it, you don't know that till later. Mm-hmm. Like you think that she's going crazy, uh, but no, that she's not nuts. And she had just gotten out of some kind of like uh, institution where, you know, you take 30 days to try to regain your mental faculties and rest and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she's out and they're like, she's seeing all this stuff and she thinks she's hallucinating and people are dying and she's kind of not sure if what's real and what's not, but it all, it is all real. All this weird shit that she's seeing, but they're vampires though. So, well, I, 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 I'm still going to watch it. You didn't make it sound very interesting. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I'm sorry. You're right. I probably didn't do a good job into it. I apologize for that. Um, for a good old movie, it's got a good score. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a 70s film, so it has a real nice f- flow to it. I mean, I think if if you like older movies, and I know you do. Yes, I love them. That this one's pretty good. Okay. All right. Uh, before, we've got a special surprise guest that we're going to bring on in a second. This was the secret note that, that Dan sent me. But before we do that, I want to let you guys know about a really strange film that I saw. It's an art art house movie. So it's gone around the Sundance Film Festival and these other festivals and won awards. And I saw it on demand. Uh, it's called Nine Days. And it's a uh, it's a strange story about a man who interviews five different people to take over uh to to be born again to uh uh he's interviewing their souls so that they can go to earth and be born as babies and become people so does that sound strange enough for you (laughs) so it's he's basically um a guy 
who is in been given the job of supplying humans to to the earth and now where these people come from they're already fully formed as human beings but where they come from they're in some nether world or something like that but they come to his home they go through this interview process i got i got the trailer here let me play the trailer and it might make a little bit more sense uh here it comes You are being considered for the amazing opportunity of life. If you are selected, you will have the chance to be born in a fruitful environment where you can grow, develop, and accomplish. Am I dead? I wouldn't say you're alive or dead. Are you the boss? I would say a cog in the wheel. <laughs> How long is this process? If you make it until the end. Nine days. Senses will become unbearably sharper and stronger. <laughs> it's your new beginning. You'll never remember me or anything else that happened in this place. <laughs> but you still be you. Every single day, someone hurts someone else. Every single day, someone takes someone else's life. Why are you focusing on that? Why are you not focusing on that? You've been here a few days where you've lived every second. <laughs> Are you afraid? Of what? Nine days. Nine days. <laughs> it's a very, very strange film, but if you're into taking chances on movies, you might you might want to check take a chance on nine days winston duke i'm on a level with you molly opioids have a 97 percent. get rid of that winston duke <laughs> is uh he's been in a number of marvel movies so Tucci, you might re remember him from some of the marvel movies that he's been in the, the african-american guy with the glasses in, in the in the trailer i don't remember him from marvel but he was in that uh spencer confidential with mark Wahlberg, okay. where uh uh Mark Wahlberg was teaching him how to throw a punch. He was he was a, a, a mixed martial arts fighter that that he, he was his roommate. Ah, okay. And then uh, he was in that movie, the Jordan Peele film with the I forgot. Is it called Us or They or Them? It's like oh yeah, he was the not. scissors. Yeah, he was the he was the husband. That's right. That's yeah. right. I forgot that. Anyway, the scissors. The scissors. Hey, I got. Go ahead. I have one thing I want you to watch too, if you haven't, and I don't want to spoil it. I just want to. I think you'll like it a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, you still have Showtime? Yes. You should check out that documentary on Attica. Oh, really? Oh, it's good shit. They're talking yeah, about that was good. That were affected. Uh, they were prisoners at the time. Mm -hmm. And some people that were like, you know, sons or daughters of people that died there, that kind of stuff. 
but the things that the police got away with, and I'm not anti-police, as you know, like I said, I've got friends that are policemen. Mm -hmm. Like they sent in the state police and made all these people get naked, like butt ass naked and oh, walk yeah. through shit and walk through broken glass. And absolutely. It was fucked up. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the documentary starts out a little quick. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't really say like who the mastermind was or what started or what the catalyst, they just say, well, this happened, this happened, this happened. And it slows down and starts giving you like, like maybe some background, like a half hour in, I don't like how they edited it that way at all, because it just starts right from the beginning with the riot. Mm -hmm. Like give us some background on what the prisoners were upset about, about and things like that early on. But, Anyway, it's definitely worth your two hours if if you want to check that out. All right. Well, keep uh, keep talking behind the mic uh, there, Dan, and introduce uh, Sylvester to our yeah. Audience. So Sylvester Barner, <laughs> he was the guy who went to the game with me last night. He's the reason I'm farting all night tonight. He gave me some of his delicious chili last night after the game. Uh, like I said, we played little league together. He was. Uh, he graduated in 96, I graduated in 99, so he's a little bit older than me, but he's known me over 30 years. In fact, his son went to high school with my nephew, so it's just a, I've known him forever. So you you could probably get a kick out of that by asking, like, what's this motherfucker like? Because he's known me since fucking Bush was president, the old Bush. <laughs> so, uh, Sylvester, welcome to the show. How is this motherfucker like? <laughs> I don't know if I can totally describe it. <laughs> uh, Danny's great, man. He's just uh I don't he's 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 a computer. That's that's what I can tell you. He's a computer. Mm -hmm. That is for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is for sure. He's got a memory unlike anybody else. But we're much more interested in uh has he had any homosexual advances on you or not? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that would be a great question. No, I've I've, I've stayed at his house since I've been young, and no, no advances, none at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's disappointing, Sylvester. Very disappointing. I I thought we had a scoop here. Uh, anyway, so you guys first met when you were kids. What was that friendship like? Um, I used to pick on him actually. Really. Yeah, yeah, he's pick on him. Like I said, he's he's a little bit younger. We started out playing little league baseball together. Uh, big guy. Uh, I was the big guy, so you know, that's that's how things go. But can you eventually? Could you yeah. kick his ass back then? Yeah, 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 guarantee it. And and Dan won't argue that. I'm sure he won't. <laughs> no, man, he's a <laughs> motherfucker when he was young. I mean, he's still big. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, he, I mean, he went to the Navy and shit. I mean, like he's, he's shorter than him, but that doesn't mean shit. I mean, yeah, the, the, I give him a lot of credit because when we were playing Sandlot and stuff like that early on, you know, he's already playing ball and you know, you, you, there's a period of time where you kind of have to get hit a bunch before you're not afraid to get hit anymore. Yeah, true. So they had to beat the shit out of me for, I was like, mm -hmm. okay. I'm not worried about this shit anymore, you know? So, and the Sandlot, when, when, you, when you grew up or we grew up, I mean, basically, that's all you did was play sports because there was nothing else to do. Right. You nothing. Know, we weren't in the city or anywhere. We were, we were just in the sticks. So, like, it was like baseball, basketball, football, and that's all you did. I mean, it's all you got. So, we, you go outside, and like I said, it's all day. You know, you're playing sports all day. So, yeah, they beat the shit out of me, like, in a good way. 
to where it toughened me up to where I was like, man, I'm going to catch the ball. It doesn't matter if you hit me. I'm not going anywhere. But if you need me to catch this 10 yard pass, I got it. I got it. I was the big version of Tom Waddle. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. That's that's the scoop right there. You wouldn't believe Dan's fucking hands. Dan has some hands on him, right? I'm trying to tell you. Interesting. Interesting. Now, and, and did you see, uh, Sylvester, did you see Dan play baseball? Because he was telling me he was a pretty good right fielder. He had the senior league when I got good. But go ahead, Sylvester. My bad. You said right field? Well, yeah, that's what they had me when I was making all-star teams and stuff. I, I was batting cleanup too, but the first year you saw me, I was nine. I still made the all-stars that year, but I sucked. Like um, I came into my own the next two years. You know, looking at Dan, Dan don't look like a right fielder though, does he? No. I'm <laughs> behind the plate. <laughs> All of that was for batting. I mean, you, you put the good kids on the infield, the the kids that are mobile in the infield when they're little like that, and everybody else, if, if you can bat, you're just in there to be in there. There you go. So that's the what position did you play? I played third base and catcher. There you go. The, the, when you play third base and catcher, you got good hands. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so. <laughs> so, sad. so, Sylvester, what do you do for a living now? Uh, I actually work at uh, West Virginia University. Oh, okay. Um, and so do you ever get uh, like strange texts from Dan at three o'clock in the morning, like I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still get those type of texts. It's... <laughs> it's like, one time he sends me a text like at three o'clock in the morning. He goes, "This is the anniversary of when I just when I fucked some chick and blah blah blah." And I'm like, "What the hell?" I'm absolutely, like, absolutely. I, you remember this stuff? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I get I get these texts all the time. Yes, I do. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever send them texts, you know, saying congratulations, man? Tell me about it. You got any pictures? Because that's what I do. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I get the occasional pictures. I, I do. Man. But the pictures I get is, is kind of questionable because he's questioning me on what he should or shouldn't be doing sometimes. So <laughs> I don't get the real good shit. When he get, when he on the good shit, he don't send me the good shit. Wow. Well, you got to listen to this show more regularly because we have a weekly feature where Dan shares a sex story from his past. Dan, mm -hmm. you, got, you got anything you want to share? Uh, okay. I'll, I'll give you one. How about that? Um, <laughs> breaking news, I guess. I've had sex one time uh, uh, after Brandy because I think Brandy's probably listening. Or at least she was earlier. Okay. And uh, the the lady was I've never had this before. It's it's just, it's interesting. It's not certainly I don't have a fetish for it, and it's not what I prefer. Mm -hmm. But it was so different to me that I like I was just like wow I wasn't expecting it. And I'm not gonna say I was like fascinated, but I don't know what the right terminology or the right right adjective is. So this lady happened to be Jewish. Mm -hmm. And first off, I, I never really met anybody being from West Virginia. I never met anybody that was really Jewish. I've heard a lot of right wing radicals who just said they hated the Jewish people just because, you know, they were right wing. Uh, no offense to the right wingers who aren't crazy like that. But I've heard a lot of anti-Semitic shit over the years, but I never really met a real like Jewish person that goes to a synagogue and stuff. And so she was like, I was asking her the questions like, man, so you think Jesus was just like a fucking like David Koresh kind of guy, right? And so we, we went through that kind of stuff early, but I guess because of religion, I didn't ask, but 
she had like hairy armpits and hairy legs. Wow. And I was, I had never been with a lady like that. And again, I prefer the lady to be like a lady. I mean, not that that's anti lady. Right. I think I would prefer clean shaven ladies, what I'm saying. But uh, it was interesting. Like, I, I just wasn't, I didn't know what to, it was so different that it, like, at the time, for some reason, I dug it at that minute. But that's certainly not what I prefer. Mm hmm. But yeah, that was kind of, uh, I guess I didn't see that shit coming. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> so tell us, did did you have cunnilingus? Because No, I, I did not. I did not. It, uh, it wasn't that I'm not, you, you know, as you know, like opposed to it, but it just didn't, it just didn't happen. You just didn't want the hair on your teeth. <laughs> well, I don't mind vaginal fur, but no, I don't know. It just didn't happen. Uh for whatever reason, so now Tooch and Sylvester and me—we're all—all all three of us are older than you, Dan, right? Uh, so I'll ask you guys. You guys remember the days, Tooch and Sylvester? You guys remember the days where you used to date women and it was like hair everywhere, right? I mean, you go to, below the waist, you could find hair on thighs, you can find hair—you know—everywhere. Do you miss those days, Sylvester? I'll start with you. Absolutely not. My first, <laughs> my first couple of times. I mean, yeah, my very first actually occasion on trying that. It was as much hair as I got on my face right now. So, no, I'm I'm more the clean shaven guy now. There you go, but Tooch. What about you? Well, I grew up on that, so it doesn't bother me. I <laughs> do I care? I don't care anymore. I'm old. <laughs> The girl had leg hair like a guy. Like legs were hairy and she had an armpit fur like me too. Uh, that, 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 that's one of those 3 a.m. texts right there that I got right there. Trump <laughs> <laughs> uh, says, what the fuck? I'm sorry, but I'm 39 on Thursday. I've never pulled down pants and seen hairy thighs. Jobs. <laughs> what I were never seen hairy thighs that, before Chubbs? either. <laughs> really? I've seen hairy pussy. Don't get me wrong, but I've never seen hairy legs and hairy armpits. I mean, I've seen like hairy armpits like when I was married, my wife didn't feel well because she had black hair, you know, like if she didn't shave every day, it would start to like, you know, get like a five, a five o'clock shadow kind of thing. I saw that, but like she had hair, man. Like she had hair like an NBA player at the foul line, you know, like <laughs> she had armpit hair, man. Like there's no other way around it. <laughs> but back in the seventies, you know, uh, women, some women, I should say, just if it grew there, it grew there. They weren't going to, you know, they weren't going to shave or groom it or anything like that. So that was accepted back then. And so I'm not saying that every woman had, you know, so much hair down there that it would spill over into their thighs. I, but I did run into an occasion or two or three where it was like, man, this is like Sherwood Forest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Man, this is an outstanding conversation. I never thought we'd be talking about her suit women from the 1970s before. Like I've told you before, the, the cool thing about seeing a hairy vagina to me now, uh, if it were 1970 and we were all having the same conversation, obviously it wouldn't be via the internet, but however we would have this conversation in 1970, 
uh, maybe just in a real bar together. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, man, every pussy I see is so hairy. Like, I want to see just one bald. Maybe that's what I would be saying. Mm -hmm. But now, like, everybody's bald. So, like, the occasional, like, you know, it's like vintage, like, throwback pussy. It's like you got a pair of Jordans from 83 or something. (laughs) You know, like, these are from when he was at UNC. Wow, look at this old school pussy. That's kind of what I think. But, again, that differs from, like, damn, the leg hair and shit. Like I said, I didn't know what to think about that. Hey, I, I let me put you on hold. You all talk. My engineer at the station's calling. Like I told you, what? Sure, go ahead, Sylvester. You were gonna say something. Well, I was just thinking. Every porn movie I watched until I was eighteen years old, everybody had hairy pussy in them. Yeah. So right. that's kind that's a gold. That's a gold standard. Right. And, <laughs> and and if you talked about you know liking a woman shaved down there, you would be made fun of. Oh, you like little girls then and stuff. You, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff. So it, it, it's something that d- didn't really even something that we didn't even question. It was like wrong <laughs> to think it would be shaved down there. Um, somebody wants to know um, when did Viagra become a big part of my life? <laughs> so, wow. Soon, Bear Truth Nine. Very, very soon. In fact, I'm going away this weekend. It could start this weekend. <laughs> My wife and I are going up to Galena for four days of uh, frolic in the uh, in the woods. Oh, nice. You're almost yeah. to Iowa. Uh, yeah, exactly. In fact, we might take the trip over to the casino right across the river there from Galena yeah. to Iowa. In Dubuque. I'll uh, I'll give you a call and let you know. Um, Sylvester. So uh, now that. Dan is away from the microphone. He can't hear anything at all that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Tell us the truth. Is he really gay? <laughs> <laughs> well, looking at that picture you got of him, I, I can see your concerns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure he's seen that I've chose that. <laughs> Oh, that's great, Sylvester. <laughs> but um, yeah. Did you guys ever pick up chicks together? You know, I I've got a lot of friends. I was never into you know. My, some of my friends would go out and have like orgies with girls. I'm like, no, I don't want to see your penis entering another woman. I would stay away from that. Did you and and Dan ever encounter group sex before? No. No, not at all. You had to think about that. Well. <laughs> hey, tell us the truth. He's not here. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying, Dan, Dan is, Dan is, he, he doesn't care much about anything nowadays. <laughs> that is true. So, I mean, if, if he could have sex with a woman in front of me, no problems, no, no questions asked. There you go. That's, yeah. that's a true friend right there. Not that, yeah. I, not that I want any friends like that. Uh, by the way, are you aware of this picture, Sylvester? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> did, did you take this picture? <laughs> no, absolutely not. He sent this to me. He sent this to me as soon as he got it, and um, very proud of it. <laughs> it does. It, t- it does take a certain, you know, uh, comfort with your private area where somebody, because he's told me that he didn't expect this to happen. The guy grabbed it, and and that, and that's Dan's natural reaction. To yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> it looks like he's having an orgasm. So as you as you can see, like I said, yeah, we get 
I could be over Dan's house. Dan could have a party. He have women over there. <laughs> Sex in front of anybody wouldn't bother him whatsoever. Wow. Man. Me, I don't know. My dick would shrivel up and I'm out, I'm out of here, guys. I don't want to see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, everybody. Uh, Chubb says that everybody keeps it trimmed down there nowadays. Yeah, I think that's true, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the factor says, I thought the guy behind Dan was his ex-wife. Oh, oh. that's not nice. I know you're kidding, but it's still very funny. Um, Ashley, she says, okay, but no one talks about guys who won't shave and expect us to. Wow, that is true. So, Sylvester, yeah, Sylvester Tucci, you guys shave down there? You guys keep it trim? Yes, I do. Absolutely. Fucking hey, Tucci, I know you don't. Sometimes. <laughs> if it's summer, yeah. Yeah. In, in no, the winter, I, I, I'm lazy. When, when, as soon as I learned that my penis looks bigger when when I've shaved down there, I've been shaving every day. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, no landing strips or nothing. It's got to be that's all. Right. That's right. You can you can fucking. It's like eating a corn dog down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else is uh, going on in the chat room here? <laughs> uh, PJ, PJ says, I wish we could send and receive pics on here. PJ, all you got to do is uh, go to my uh, d- DMs on Twitter and send me pictures of all the naked women you have. <laughs> uh, so, Sylvester, are you a married man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't sound too happy about that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you asked me a question earlier about Dan and everything that goes on when we hang out. So, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm married. So, um, happily married with kids? Uh, yeah, I have four kids, all of them in college. Wow. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank you. Oof, that's wow. not cheap, brother. No, hell no. Hell no. I sent two to college, and I'm hoping they pay me back so I can retire. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm looking for. That's that's absolutely the, the, the goal right there. Yeah. There you go. But you must be proud of your four kids. That's awesome, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, uh. They're they're the joy of my life most of the time. The other time, I could choke all of them the hell out. Mm -hmm. But that's life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, PJ, you can post those pictures on Facebook. Uh, Friend me up, and um, I'm anxious to see them because I'm going to – I want to masturbate tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) uh, Sylvester, uh, so – you're you're a football fan, but you're not a Bears fan. Tell us about your experience at the at the Bears Steelers game last night. It was it was pretty good. I mean, we were a little high up, but the the crowd was great. <laughs> it was uh, nobody belligerent in there last night. Um, psh, fucking game ended up being pretty good, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it took a little time for me to get Dan back into the back into the game because he, he was uh, <laughs> he, he had already condemned Nagy before the fucking opening kickoff so it is what it is <laughs> it is what it is yeah he he you know I, I it's weird because 
Dan can be very, very negative when watching mm-hmm. the game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. sending me all of these negative posts, not just last night, but you know, in other games, you know, fucking defense. Oh, the defense is going on oh. that guy. Oh, fucking Nagy. Oh, fucking this. And it's like, dude, little optimism wouldn't hurt, man. Well, everything you get, I'll probably get to. <laughs> we'll go back and forth. Uh-huh. And uh, even with last night. It was uh, when they when they went down early last night. Oh yeah, it it was tough getting them back, mm-hmm. but uh, it just ended up it just ended up being a great time last night. It was it was it was a great time at the end of the day. I'm showing uh, pictures of where you guys were seated. This is video, mm-hmm. uh, Dan. So this did you get a nosebleed while you were up there? No, no. Oh, Dan's back. I'm back. What happened, Dan? Did you have to uh, turn on the emergency broadcast system? Thing? Now the the engineer is fighting cancer, right? So he's oh, not doing well, and our, I don't know exactly what his medical condition is, but he thought he fixed it. We had a station off air, mm-hmm. and he said he got home, and he said there's all kinds of bleed over. He said turn that shit off, just kill it till tomorrow. I'll fix it tomorrow. I can't come back in. I don't feel well tonight. So I just helped him make sure that he got off air, you know, because he said there's just a lot of bleed over and it's unacceptable. He just said I'd rather have it off air than have it bleeding over. Yeah, to the frequency. So it, it was having its period. It was bleeding over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and anyway, we, we you just all lost go ahead. Sylvester. We just lost him. Oh, I, well, that's no good. Well, I think his phone was giving out or something like that. So hopefully he'll pop back in because we. Well, he's at work too. Oh yeah, that's right. He's probably uh, or he was he was talking about his wife uh because i asked him if he was married and stuff so he might have gotten a call from his wife (laughs) well yeah he's been with monica like monica graduated with me so he met monica when he was a senior and she was a freshman Mm -hmm. and they've been together ever since wow that is so monica would have been like 14 15 and he was like 17 18 and he's born in 78 so they're still together Mm -hmm. wow ashley uh is it ashley Ash Lashy, Ash Lashy, you know her. Thirteen, thirteen. This back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She likes horror films and stuff. She she loves well shaved men too, according to her comments <laughs> in the. Uh, in well, the yeah, I like to shave my own junk too. By the way, so I got it. Now, well, and I sent you that uh, manscape thing. So you've been using that thing. I mean, no. not so much. Like you can't use that on your dick, man. Because I, for one, I don't want hair on my dick that long that it could get off there. You know. <laughs> Like you might use it for the taint, you know, but if really? you keep it close, there's not a whole lot that that can do with, you know. Shit, I've been using it on my dick. Maybe that's why I got all those scuff marks on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be able to use that for everything, man. Everything. Yeah, exactly. Is he back? Yes, Sylvester is back. <laughs> I got 10 and 15 minutes max before I have to leave. All so. right. Well, why don't you guys talk amongst yourself? Tell us the secrets of, uh, you know, your sex lives or anything like that. He's still married, man. We can't be jumping in too many things here. Well, uh, his wife is not listening, so you could tell us. So it doesn't going. matter. I can't put any heat on it, man. <laughs> There's a bro code on that. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Too- so you were asking about the stadium, though. I don't want to interrupt that. What were you asking? No, I was. I just wanted to get. I just wanted to get his comments on what the experience was like uh, at the at the field uh, at the what's it called again. Uh, Heinz Field. Stadium or Heinz Field? Heinz, I can't believe they named after a catcher, but I know that's the biggest industry there now. Um, so what was it like? And, you know, 
I would imagine you two big guys weren't nobody was fucking with you guys at all. You, Sylvester, you weren't wearing anything Chicago related, right? No, no, I, I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> what were you wearing, Sylvester? Were you wearing I was wearing red yesterday. I I didn't want to wear black just because I didn't want nobody to confuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my natural colors are blue and orange, but it is what it is. Again, he's a Bronco fan. Mm -hmm. uh, that's right. That's right. What do you think about the Broncos? Do, are you a fan of Vic Fangio? He's no. not. No. no. Why not? Uh, shit. What kind of problems you got in Chicago, man? No offense, huh? None whatsoever. Brought in Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. What What is he supposed to do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, right now, we can't move the ball. We gave up our best defensive player. Defense, defense did play good against uh, Dallas this weekend, but Dallas just basically beat themselves. So, overall, I'm looking forward to next year already. We're just halfway through the season. The Factor wants to know, uh, what do you think about the Broncos not dra drafting Justin Fields? You got a close look at him yesterday. What do you think? Sylvester, that question was for you. Uh, can you hear me? I kind of lost, lost sound right there for a minute. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I think we're back. If, if you can hear me, <laughs> look at the question on the screen, Sylvester. It says, what do you think about the Broncos not drafting Fields? Oh. I'm actually good with that. Is is I like them. I, I actually like them more now. I told Danny when y'all drafted him that he was uh he was gonna be way better than Trubisky. I already knew that from the jump. Um unlike Danny, I watch college football. I study college football, so I knew you was getting a better product this time around. I'm happy with Satan. You know, he's a great corner. Outstanding. Can't seem to stay healthy, but right now, but we're 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 all right with that. Yeah, but you you would rather have the cornerback over the quarterback. You rather have Sertan over Justin Fields, huh? Well, at the time, maybe not at the time exactly, but at the time we're looking to get Danny's favorite player, Aaron Rodgers. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you you go with with with, with the product that you know is good already, and take your chances. But there's even still a chance we might get them next year. I I might be alright with that. Yeah, well, be careful what you uh what you hope for, Sylvester, because that guy <laughs> that guy's an asshole. But don't he tell absolutely him. is? But he's, he's he puts up numbers. Yes, he does. He's a great quarterback. Sylvester, I, go ahead. Final thoughts, Sylvester. Well, I was telling Danny last night, you know, looking at um, watching the game, looking at all the questionable calls last night. I looked at, I went back and studied again today. Y'all caught a bum rap last night, and I, I don't have a stock in any in, in, on either side, but y'all caught a bum rap last night. Sylvester, um, Sylvester, what do you think we should do to the referee if we run into him in the street? This Carenti guy? Do you think we should <laughs> kick his ass? Or do you think we should take him hostage and maybe the NFL will give us $15 for him? 
or, or what, what well, do you think do? If I was him, I definitely wouldn't vacation in Chicago. <laughs> That's good. Not at all. Yeah. I got a I got a good history on 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 him and the Bears last night, believe me. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't vacation in Chicago. And overall I know he doesn't I'm, go to New Orleans anymore. I, I know Corinthi doesn't vacation in New Orleans anymore. What's <laughs> mm, mm. uh, what's crazy is I, I made this a valid point last night talking to Dan. Mm -hmm. The thing was, Fields is not going to get calls just because he's so athletic. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a while before Fields gets calls. You look at athletic quarterbacks, just I was talking about uh, what's the name from Baltimore last night. He, he doesn't get those type of calls either just because he can run fast. Yep. So – it's going to be a while before he gets the same treatment as anybody else gets, but it's going to come because he's, he's lightning in the bottle. Yeah. Y'all's future is looking real bright right now. Ah, well, thanks for saying that, man. Uh, that made us feel a lot better, uh, especially since uh, Dan didn't have a very good sex story tonight. <laughs> just kidding Sylvester we're going to let you go as we're going to close the show here hey you're welcome back anytime so let us know uh, when you want to come down and we'll talk shit okay alrighty man appreciate you thank you pleasure to meet you brother alrighty that All right, is man. Take care. Sylvester where's he from <laughs> West Virginia right yeah yes, he sir. grew up with me man same place nice man he's a good guy. good guy I can see why you guys have been friends for a while while, Long time, man. While you were away, he did tell us about that, you know, uh, mutual masturbation thing that you guys did together one night. One night? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a good guy. He, 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 he there was, it was strange. I, I asked him if you guys had ever had like, you know, sex together with other women and so forth. Tooch, did you understand his response? Because I got the feeling that kind of left the door open that maybe something did happen you know, with multiple sex partners with Dan and Sylvester in the same room or something like that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still on the line? No, I nah. said goodbye to him. <laughs> I can't answer that because he's married. Oh, okay. <laughs> the truth is out. Well, how, I want Sylvester back next week because I'm going to get it out of him. <laughs> how was that? I don't, uh, I don't think so. How was your <laughs> trip to Pittsburgh? Got a problem with the lady. <laughs> what are you going to say, Tooch? I said, how was your trip to Pittsburgh? What kind of, did you guys have some beer or food at the game? Um, I just ate a hot dog. Uh, that was it. And uh, I had a soda. He, he drank uh, and just like a big Bud Light, but his mom's a Pittsburgh fan again because we're from that area, you yeah. know, in terms of everyone here is usually Steeler fans. So he just bought a beer because he wanted to take the cup to his mom. Ah, nice. Yeah, you know, the souvenir cup. Right. Who did the driving? Uh, I drove all the way to Morgantown, which is three and a half hours, and he drove from there to Pittsburgh, and, which is like 45 minutes, and then Pittsburgh back just to give me a break because I had driven the whole way. Yeah. So, yeah, he drove a little bit, which I appreciated because uh, he's the one that had to fight through the parking garage and all that. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. It was. We were on the seventh level, too. Holy fuck. So he paid for he paid for the parking uh, before we got there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really close. It was like a quarter mile from the stadium. But like I said, by the time we got there, it was full. 
and we were in the seventh of 10 levels mm -hmm. and we had to walk up that motherfucker too. And I know that lactic acid was building up in my fucking thighs. So I was like, by the time we got to the seventh, when I was winded, I was like, man, I'm ashamed. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I still got it. You know, there you go. I still made it, but yeah, we got to the vehicle and I, I guarantee you, we, we didn't move for almost 45 minutes. Mm. Hey, just uh, in line. Wow. I hate that. See, uh, I had such a great fucking seat to the game yesterday. My fucking couch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Saw all the replays. That yeah, going to the game. I I still enjoy it, but I don't know, man. Sometimes it's it's a the experience is is a little too taxing. Everything at home is much more relaxed and as soon as the game is over, I have to worry about the fucking 2-hour commute, 3-hour commute whatever anyways uh, there's uh, very interesting conversations going on in the chat room of course apparently from what i caught here Stephen me is a uh, videographer he, he shoots pictures and video and he's recruiting people to be in a porn movie do i got that right Tooch? have you been following this uh i i didn't i didn't catch that i i, I know I, they're, they're asking about what he's filming and stuff but i wasn't i didn't catch the porn stuff they might, i think they were just joking about that oh okay well that's too bad because dan has talked to me about wanting to be in a porn movie no he has not <laughs> <laughs> dan ten thousand dollars would you do it nobody wants to see my body man let leave it out of there hey but real quick let me deflect <laughs> Uh, and tell you that uh, or initially when you sent me this message, I hadn't heard it, mm -hmm. but I heard Deb, Debbie the cum lady on Stern. I heard it. Yeah. Okay. So just some context for people. On Howard Stern show, he went off on Aaron Rodgers, and Dan sends me the entire, all the subjects that were covered on the show, and one of them was Debbie the cum lady, and I'm, I told Dan, that's the story I want to hear. I don't want to hear about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so what's the deal with Debbie the cum lady? Debbie the cum lady has a fetish. She doesn't care how big the dick is. They had some guy on there that has this world-renowned small penis. I forgot his name. What difference does it make? But he's literally got like two inches hard. And she was like, you know, I, I don't care, man. She's like, I just, she, her fetish is she wants the guy to come in her mouth. And that's what she said. She'll blow anybody. She's literally, she's like, I, I just love, you know, I'm not going to say it and have you have that on me outside of contact. Like have me saying, I enjoy it from her perspective. I'm not saying it, but she said, that's what she likes guys doing in her mouth. And that's better than sex to her. And Howard was like, you know, I just don't, I don't get that. You know, like, uh, but yeah, she said that if the guy is unable to shoot a big load, mm -hmm. she's not interested. And she told the guy with the little dick, she's like, before I do it, I want you to not masturbate for at least two weeks. So you have a buildup and I want you just to explode in my mouth. And I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, but she has a fetish for guys ejaculating in her mouth. Well, and, and on the Stern show, they've had so many different people over the years with some of the strangest fetishes. I remember the one guy who really got off of being vomited on by women. You recall that, guys? Tooch is looking oh, at me like, I'm yeah, that's horrible. That's gross. gross. It was actually on the E show, and they blurred out. I don't remember how they, they blocked it out, blurred it out, whatever, but they they edited around uh when she did it, where they they brought in some hooker or someone, and, and this, this this dopey guy really got 
excited by this woman vomiting on him. So uh, what about you guys? You guys into any of that kinky shit? I'd rather be dead than have someone vomit on me. <laughs> yeah, it's the if worst. I'm dead dead or something, then okay, if it's the child, but beyond that. <laughs> you guys ever taste your old cum? No. And no. on that note, I have no. to go to work. So. <laughs> I was going to say, before Dan leaves, nobody wanted to see Ron Jeremy's body. He made a thousand porno films. Oh, my God. Right? That so <laughs> That's right. That is true, I guess. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Dan, just your, just your appeal as a per person would make it interesting for people to watch you have sex. And besides, I don't, I don't know about that. You say you are the king of cunnilingus, so you know we would, would want to. No, I didn't say that. I mean, I like to. I, I enjoy it, and I think Brandy said that. <laughs> well, <laughs> we could film that, and you know, maybe do like an instructional video or something. Uh, do you do the alphabet like Sam Kinison used to say? Just do the alphabet. I've right done the alphabet, but I don't yeah. want them to catch on to it. Ah, you, and know what's going on, yeah. especially if they know the bit, then I don't want to do it. Yeah. Now, do you, when you do it, do you start at the letter A or do you sometimes pick up like with M? <laughs> I don't know. Like I, that, that's the middle of the, that's the middle of the pack. Pardon the pun with the green Bay. That's like a, like the halftime kind of move. <laughs> you know, that's not, you don't start out with that. You know I mean? Does, does Dan know what the, an Eiffel tower is? That's what they're talking about in the chat room. It's some I kind of sex. I, didn't, I, didn't I don't know what that is. It sounds like it would involve shit, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what a French smelling shit. Uh, I don't want any shit on me either. All right, you get out of here. I don't want you late for work because people are depending on your life and death uh, responses to stuff. So that is true. So uh, you all be well. And I uh, guess what, Tooch and I are doing the show next week? Is that right? That is right. I will be coming back from Galena next week. So maybe I'll join you in the nice. middle. Uh, but yeah, you guys are uh, totally in charge. Uh, and I'll, I'll, wherever, if I'm in transit, I'll be listening to you guys and excited about uh, both of you guys sharing your sex capades. Because you got, <laughs> no, you got, no, you got no Bears game to talk about. So. <laughs> I would imagine you're going to talk about something provocative. Oh, I'll, I'll come up with something. I've got some ideas. There you go. That'll All be right, fun. Danny, get out of here, and uh, Tooch and I will close the shop. All right. Got to go. See you all Good later. Night, Danny. Okay, amigo. All right. Bye. That is the great Danny Guire. I could use a weekend in Galena, Ooh. too. <laughs> I bet you could. I I'll bet you could. Yeah, I uh, love Galena, man. The downtown oh. is so cool. Just fun to go shopping restaurants bars yep for those of you who don't know galena is in wisconsin um oh, not too far from yeah. iowa right it, it's illinois galena it's actually yes yeah. you're right uh ulysses yeah. grant so um and uh it's just effing beautiful yeah you wouldn't believe you're in illinois all the hilly areas yep. and um and uh, when you go to that downtown area, they got all the, the cutest, greatest little shops. In fact, that Mike Ditka jersey that I got back there, I found that in one of the shops at Galena, and it was like wow. 40 bucks. And it's an authentic Ditka shirt. You know, I, I don't know how authentic, but it, it's a beautiful uh, jersey. So you find the greatest stuff. And uh, the resort that we're staying at is, is a spa. So we'll be getting massages. Is it, uh, massages e Eagle Ridge? Yeah, Eagle Ridge. Yeah, exactly. it's nice. I stayed there before, too. Oh, I, I have a Galena story for you, if you want to hear it real quick. Share your I, Galena story. I went to a co-worker's wedding 
and it was in Galena. So my son and I drove out there and uh, uh, my, my son must have been like 10 or 11 at the time. And uh, uh, we went, it was in the summer and they have summer, summer uh, sledding. Mm-hmm. So they have like uh, this run with like fiberglass, you know, uh, like a luge and you get right. in these little carts you know, and uh, my son and I were racing, you know, down. He was in one side. There's two tracks, and they weave in and out, weave in and out. You're in this little tiny cart, you know, and racing down. It's like a fiberglass luge shoot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I was racing. I had to beat my son. You know, I can't let him beat me. So, so, and I wiped out near the bottom and, like, you know, got scraped all over my, my, uh, my calf and my right here on my arm just like all the skin was gone oh no. so i had to go to the wedding with a giant bandage oh on my arm i, I couldn't uh i had to come back and like lay in the bathtub you know with my arm and my one leg out but they have at the at the resort this was a uh, chestnut mountain ski resort which is mm-hmm. in galena mm-hmm. and uh it's you know for they have like that thing going on in the summer you can go up there eat at the lodge and stuff and uh mm-hmm. they have like a medic at the at the resort, I'm like, what the hell? It's like, oh, this happens all the time. I'm like, what the f? You know, it's like people getting there, they wipe out. You know, we're that fast. You know, well, it's funny because I, I picture man, this all gone. It's like raw. Do you have but, any uh, pictures of that? Uh... I do. I don't. I, I, it's in my phone somewhere way back, like from years. Or it's on Facebook too. But uh, I'll, I'll send it to you or pl- play it for the next show. Located. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. disgusting. Because I, I had a, a similar, somewhat similar incident at Galena. I was playing okay. golf at Eagle Ridge, which is just, you know, they got yeah. three courses. The wedding was at Eagle Ridge. Yeah, so. it, it's just a beautiful facility and three great car courses. The The most famous one is, is the one called the General. So we're playing in the General. Nice. And for some reason, we were on the golf carts, and it's early in the morning. It had rained, and so the trail was a bit slippery. And so... We uh, we're on our go- golf cart and we drive past hole number seven. We just didn't notice that it was uh, it wasn't properly marked or whatever. So we go uphill and then when we get to to the top of the hill, it's it says uh, hole eight. And so my buddy says, "Ah, oh, wow, we must have drove right past hole seven. Go back downhill." So we go do- downhill and all of a sudden. <laughs> I fucking start hydroplaning, man. Oh, no. The golf cart now is like going 40 miles an hour downhill, oh, and I'm pumping brakes, and this is going to be a fucking disaster. Oh, and so I'm thinking, should I fucking jump out of the cart before this fucker crashes? It's going downhill, <laughs> and we're going into the wooded area and stuff. So I stick my left leg out. And and so I'm I'm trying to decide jump stays jump stay, and so I stay and my fucking leg got ripped, man. You can still see the scars around there, and um, and I, I finished playing the the rest of the round because it's 115 dollars to play yeah, around yeah. the golf there. I'm fucking gonna play, <laughs> and, but there was blood everywhere, man. Blood oh, fucking God. everywhere. Anyway, that's my stupid little story. That's uh, uh if you. If, I know you mentioned you said you're gonna go uh, go into Iowa, uh, mm-hmm. and Dubuque is right across the river from Galena. Right, nice, right. nice little town. If you and your wife go across there, ride ride the funicular up to the top of the bluff. Okay, they have an old cable car. I don't know when it was built. It's great. It's like wooden, and it goes up the bluff. There's a little ice cream shop at the bottom. 
-hmm. take take the cable car up to the top you get spectacular views of the mississippi river valley like for miles they could see the casino down below sweet and uh it's great it's it takes a while to get up the top but there's houses up on the bluff they have freaking amazing views you know their homes up there all looking out on the mississippi river it's beautiful thanks for that tip we're definitely going to do that because we are, we're actually going to sit down tomorrow and kind of map out what day we're going to do the spa, blah, blah, blah. Not going to play any golf. I don't want to risk hurting my other leg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Tooch, uh, why don't yep. you uh, let people know what you're working on, where people can uh, find your gambling site, and, and right. blah, blah, blah. Right on Twitter, giving out free plays just for fun and you know building my account and stuff. And uh, I'm doing, uh, of course, the Maximed Sports Wagering Show with uh, my partner Anthony and a bunch of special guests. Over and under girl, uh, other handicappers. Um, uh, we had uh, David Bierman from ESPN on not too long ago. And uh, nice. the stream team starts up with Aaron Mikulski and Sarah Mars. And we have a, we're going to be doing uh, reviewing or actually setting the table for the Wheel of Time with Rebecca from Reading the Pattern, who's mm-hmm. she's been capsulizing uh, Wheel of Time. You know, she'll be. She'll be helping us set the table for people like Aaron and Sarah who've never read the books or don't know anything about Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that starts at Amazon. I think it's November 19th. Yeah, I, I think, think, I think right. it's the 19th. Yep. So it's like the Amazon stab at Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, you know, magic and, you know, well, intrigue. Uh, I, I hope it's half as good as Game of Thrones. Uh, it would be yeah. nice. Yeah. But- what uh what just started? Oh, Dexter started. So I have right. not seen uh, the opening episode, but I heard that the reviews are so- somewhat mixed. Um, I'm, I'm hoping okay. they can salvage what they left behind at the end of their final season. That was awful. Uh, yeah, one of the worst endings, right, for a oh, TV show. <laughs> fucking awful. And I, you said endings, that yeah. you don't watch Succession on HBO, correct? I, I started it, and I was enjoying it. My wife didn't get into it, so it's mm-hmm. kind of up to me. Okay. I have been watching Foundation on Apple TV and Invasion. Mm-hmm. Both of those are on Apple TV. I'm enjoying those. I think the chat, what the I, chat room might, right now might be more interesting than us, what we're talking about. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I I forgot. Well, when you were talking movies, I forgot. I saw a movie I never saw for the first time. It's called Cedar Rapids with Ed Helms and uh, yeah, John C. Yeah. John C. Riley and uh, gosh, what's that guy's? Isaiah Whitlock from yes. The Wire. Yes. And uh, there's a, it's a great cast. Anne Hesh, Kurtwood Smith, um, uh, Sigourney Weaver. It's wow, a great cast. Yeah. If you get a chance to watch it, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's about. It's about a, a short time at a convention for insurance salesmen that takes place in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. <laughs> That's really funny. Ed, Ed Helms is like a guy who he's never left his hometown. He doesn't know anything about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's dating Sigourney Weaver, who is his like seventh grade teacher. Like, mm-hmm. So it's funny. Uh, I, I had I never seen it. I wanted to see that movie. I, I'm definitely going to check it out. It's funny. All right. I enjoyed it. If you get a chance to see it. And I, I saw something else recently, and I can't remember the fucking title of it. So I'll talk about it next week or in two weeks when we come back. It, it was the kind of movie I think that Dan likes. Dan likes a lot of the 70s, 80s, 90s crime pictures, and this one really sure. felt like that. Um, but if you get a chance and you're in in the mood for something offbeat, nine days, the, the film yeah. 
I, I ran that. It looks like my kind of movie. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I, like I, think, those. I, I think you'd be intrigued by it. Yeah, I love those there's, kind of movies. There's no anal in it, uh, by the no way. So, so Ashley might want to see it. Those are good. <laughs> if, if you're listening on the audio podcast, you'll know why I said that. <laughs> no, you won't know why I said that. You've got to watch the video to get the, the stupid joke. Anyway, yep. Um, that's it. I'm going to pull the plug on this. I am one tired little puppy. Yeah, me too. And yeah, I, I saw you yawning a couple of times. I, well, I, w- I was off today, you know, and I, I took the day off because my three-year-old had to go to the dentist mm-hmm. and had, uh, uh, you know, it's just both my kids have had like, they, they eat too much, too much candy. I try to, I throw out candy if I find mm-hmm. it. My yeah. wife, and my wife kind of indulges them. So she was, had, she had to be sedated because she's three. Oh no. You know, so she had to fast. And then uh, woke up this morning, and my wife is still at work, so she works over at night, comes mm-hmm. home. So I'm like getting the kids ready, dressing the girls, and uh, feeding my five year old who goes to kindergarten now a pancake mm-hmm. so she could eat before she goes to class. And she was doing everything else except not eating the pan- except eating the pancake. And the the three year old stole the pancake off the fucking plates, so oh, no. she couldn't have the anesthesia. So she had to. We had I had to go. We had went to the dentist. I go. We got to come back at noon. You know, it's like, oh, you know, so I finally went back there and, she, you know, they tricked her. And they were going to a party in the back. Let's go sit down in the dentist chair, watch some cartoons, and bam, stick her and knock her out. <laughs> and, uh, she woke up. She was just like, eh, cranky. Oh. It was awful. Bleeding from the mouth, you know, oh, couldn't eat anything. So yeah. I was like, it was, it was a long day for me. I was off work, but. Uh, yeah, poor thing. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll be a better day tomorrow. You going to work tomorrow? Yep. I have to work tomorrow. That's it's even worse. It's it's so. I mean, we had one one lady go to to uh, leave for another job, so I inherited all of her magazines to yeah. work on and stuff. And I'm just like, it's it's a lot. We all divided up. We got her titles and another another gal's on vacation, so it's like I'm slammed. Yeah, big well, time you know, slammed. You know what they say? They say that if you have multiple kids, you go to work for the vacation time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's right. All right, brother. Uh, have a good time. I'll, I'll, good luck next week. All uh, right. We'll be in touch. I want to show you a couple of the control things. All right. Up Dan. Uh, so we'll talk uh, yep. in a day or two. I'll be around. And for those of you uh, who have stuck with us live in the chat room, thank you very much for being a part of the show. And just remember, these are odd jokes. We're just fucking around. So please, uh, if we said anything <laughs> that, that offended you in any way, then fuck you. No, I'm just sorry. <laughs> Um, we're just joking, just having some fun. So, um, that's it for Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls. Uh, we will uh, I just tell you about the schedule. Our schedule's a little weird, I got I still haven't even figured it out. But a couple of our regular Bears shows will not be on this week, uh, but I'll let people know via social media and some other ways of communicating with our fans here. So, in any case, that's it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye, everybody. <laughs>